You are about to opt in to Mineratopia, a show for the Monero community where all are welcome to join. From noob to maxi, no matter what bags you hold. Just sit back and relax to the sweet sounds of Monero's latest progress. Or if you're feeling inspired, join us on stage. Remember, the only thing that can stop Monero is a false belief that it can be stopped. And if you want to win the revolution faster, we recommend you remove your XMR from all custodial exchanges immediately. Warning, boating accidents are common around here. Don't forget to properly secure your private keys. Monerotopia starts now. Alrighty. Hello, hello, hello. What's up, stranger? Cheers. Hello, everyone. I've been MIA for quite some time now she's back but i'm back only for limited time only (laughs) where have you been cheers i've been clearly running away (laughs) we're not right away you're not not even here we're not even here anymore guys (laughs) how's it going (laughs) how you been (laughs) i miss you oh i missed you too um yes anita is not with me for a day or two but i'll be seeing her later this evening i hope yes yes my munchkin uh one of my nephews got surgery. Been so spending lost. some time with the familia. Lost without you over here. You're fine. <laughs> you figured it out. <laughs> As uh, you always do. Yeah, we got, we got Sunita on today because Tux can't make it. So Sunita jumped up. I appreciate up. that. So we, we, it's you a big week. You, you picked a big week to uh, I know. pinch hit here. This is a big, this is a big week. Have you, have you been following any of the... Fiascos. I know you've been busy with uh, family stuff. A little bit, but yeah, catch me up. Where do I begin? Well, you'll you'll hear it all over the next three to four hours. <laughs> all right. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> no, let's let's not make it too long today. Yeah. Um, the thing was was the hack. So the Monero CCS wallet was hacked. That's I mean, the, the drama it's just it's just endless, right? The drama is just endless in crypto in general. But yeah, in our in our own little Monero world, is there's endless drama here. Um, so nobody, nobody knows what happened. The, you know, we, we know that fluffy pony had access to the keys at some point and, uh, cause he was the one who started it and Luigi, who's the one who was running it had access to the keys. So he was the one that was, uh, taking, you know, controlling the wallet and he had it running on, on, on his setup there and it was hacked or the keys were somehow compromised when fluffy was sending them to luigi back in the day or maybe even uh fluffy ricardo's throwing out that maybe this was even some kind of like deeper hack where we're seeing where old school bitcoiners and monero people and ether people are just losing their wallets right like uh people are essentially figuring out how to break their break their seeds i don't know I don't know what's going on with that. That that's to me that that's scarier than all of this, right? Because if that's the key, like I don't know what's going on there. So that that had me worried. I've he- heard about it a while ago, um, but I never like really stopped to take action. So last night I felt inspired to try to uh, check on some old wallets. Uh, I recommend other people do that, and you know, move move your coins to a new one. You know, it's not easy being your own bank. No. <laughs> It's just pros and cons to Especially it. When your own bank involves, uh, you know, running uh, open source software um, that a bunch of cypherpunks are, are are building as we go along. So you got to be vigilant. You got to take care of your own stuff. I know it's very difficult. Trust me, I know. Uh, especially 
it's hard because we, we all have our, our, our lives and our, the other things we're doing. We're used to outsourcing these responsibilities. But if you're going to do the crypto thing and you're going to try to do it the right way, you got to be responsible. You got to take time. You got to organize your stuff, move stuff around, stay updated. I'm kind of telling myself this. Lots as of, lots of, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm aware of that. Uh, you know, I was, hoping, <laughs> I was hoping you could just keep keep an old seat around, you know, from whatever years ago and not have to worry about it. Um, but there's, I don't know, is there never yeah, it's, a, it's a, it's a huge responsibility. So, so we'll, we'll get into all that. We'll get to the details. We'll get to the details of what exactly happened. Um, Justin Ernhofer, we were trying to get him on. He recently put out and uh, posted a, a blog post, I think today or late last night. Late last night. Yeah tracing tracing the hacker so yes monero is untraceable but as we all know there's there's some ways where you can potentially gain information if people don't do the proper things uh because of the the weakness of rank signatures so they were able to gain some insight into where the monero uh or, or watching the monero move right and potentially and alerting exchanges as to whether or not they see a transaction that might come from um that have the 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 uh, the 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 decoys or the e notes uh, um, that that this transaction had. Um, so we'll get into all that. Lots to cover, and then we'll talk about big picture, just Monero CCS in general. Is it something that needs to be changed? Is it organically just going to change on its own as people come up with new solutions? So lots and lots to chat about with regards to all that. But I guess we'll we'll start with the price report. We'll try to move it along because I have a feeling it's going to be um, a long topic. Oh, and then we also have before, yeah, I wanted to mention. we do have a special guest unrelated to to all these incidents, right? We have um, Dan who's going to come Dan. on from Let's Mexico. What's that? No, no, yeah, I was going to say the same thing and something else. I was going to say yeah, Dan's going to come on and talk about the fundraising that's happened in Mexico uh, after the after the hurricane. Uh, a lot of Monero was raised. Is- What's that? The Hurricane Otis, yes. Yes, the Hurricane Otis. And uh, he's down there. I think he's the one that's like trying to actually um, use the crypto to actually do productive things with it down there. So we'll, we'll get, we'll, we'll hear from him. Um, and then last but not least, we're going to Argentina next week. We want to talk about quickly the meetup that we plan on doing. <laughs> yeah, we're going to Argentina next week. We're going for a lot of Bitcoin, a lot of Bitcoin, a lot of Bitcoin, a lot of Bitcoin. And. <laughs> Um, we we're gonna try to throw like a little brunch right on Sunday. Yeah, on Sunday we'll be tweeting it out tomorrow for those of you that are. You know, it's Friday and Saturday. Yeah. It's a huge conference. Thousands of people go. It's all like mainly Bitcoiners, but they're they're Monero friendly, and so we'll be down there. Andres will be giving a talk down there. We'll be giving out Monero and trying to onboard people. But we're also gonna have the day after the conference a little a little brunch. So we'll we'll post that location. Do you have the location? Do we know? Did we decide? I don't think we've decided yet per se, but we're leaning towards Viva Cafe. But we'll, right, we'll so post it tomorrow. Yeah, Viva Cafe. If you're listening, we'll we'll post the link. It's in the area yeah. where it's called. in Palermo, Hollywood, I believe, yeah. in that area. Come out, ten people come out, hang out, have so, fun. Yeah, we'll post that tomorrow. But yeah, that's about it. <laughs> that's the weekly update. <laughs> All right, yeah, let's let's move. We're already ten minutes in. Let's get let's get body up here. Let's do price report. All righty, let's do this. The Monerotopia Price Report segment is sponsored by Local Monero. Avoid using KYC exchanges. 
buy and sell Monero directly for fiat peer to peer. Hey, what's up, guys? All right. Hey, buddy, what's going on, man? How you doing? Welcome, welcome back, Sunita. Up, oh, Sunita, you're muted. <laughs> well, welcome back. I'm doing it on my laptop, so I think it's lagging on my end, sadly, guys. Uh, okay. okay. Yeah, I always um always have to like slightly change my configuration, like taking my VPN off so that I you know get that half a half a second removal of delay stuff like that yeah 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 constant battle constant battle how you doing man what, what's your what's your take on all that i mean we'll, we'll get into it later i'm sure but uh how you feeling about the the monero ccs hack yeah i'm, I'm kind of surprised that someone at that level would have been keeping their monero in, in that kind of way like in my mind something as simple as just using cubes could have prevented all this there's um there's like a guide for how you can keep your wallet in an offline cube and then run your Monero node on a Hunix machine, which connects directly to Tor, even that would have removed like a big question mark over a lot of different attack vectors that that happened here. Um, I just I just can't believe why would you run Windows? Why would you use the insecure hot wallet Windows to log in to the what's supposed to be to SSH into the more secure machine, um, which is supposed to be Ubuntu, which isn't really a security distro in the first place. Like Okay, if you're an expert, you know what you're doing. Um, you know how to configure Windows and Ubuntu. Th- then okay, maybe um, maybe that could be a reasonable setup. But um, if you don't know what you're doing, th- then you really should be going with cubes or a hardware wallet um, or a separate laptop that's um, you know isolated that's never been connected to the internet to, to sign transactions. Um, so I honestly just can't understand that. I think it would be cool if like either we just contributed directly to people um you know that that are making css proposals or um like maybe if we had say three different people that manage css funds or ccs funds and um and when you submit a ccs you just say hey i like this guy i trust this guy um i verified their setup whatever um so i want to go you know with person a of these you know of these three people um so you kind of spread that risk a little bit um I don't know. I mean, that's just one idea. I, it seems like it also should be. Oh, there's my reminder that the show is about to start. Uh, it's. It seems like. Um, <laughs> actually, that's. Oh, it's. Did the time change happen yet? Usually, that's supposed no, to go I think off it's an tomorrow. hour. Earlier. Hmm, interesting. Um, but yeah. Anyway, so like usually. Um, oh, I kind of lost my train of thought there, but uh, yeah. Anyways, it's kind of it's just a whole weird situation. Oh, it seems like escrow would be also another good way to go. Like some kind yeah. of multi-sig where you contribute to the CCS. If, um, you know, if the guy that's managing it, probably, I mean, I don't think it, Luigi, I don't know much about him, but he's spoken fairly highly of, but after this kind of miss, it's like, it's hard to say that he should keep managing those funds, but mm-hmm. that's for other people to decide. I think not me. Um, but at any rate, you know, it's a multi-sig. Uh, let's suppose I want to contribute to a, to a project um, and then, Either me and the recipient can coordinate, you know, to sign that transaction or the guy managing uh, the CCS can sign that transaction, right? That, that seems like a pretty reasonable way to go as well. Seems like anything would be better than than what we had um, going on just previously. Yeah, I think some some kind of multi-sig would, would be good. We'll, we'll get into all this, I'm sure, more and more. The thing that, that really scares me, though, is Fluffy keeps bringing up this... Um... He's like, it's entirely possible that's related to the ongoing tax that we've seen since April as they include a variety of compromised keys, including Bitcoin wallets, seeds generated with all manner of hardware and software, uh, and include and includes uh, XMR. Um, the hack recently started seeing some more sweeps happen, uh, and they can tell that it's from the same hack since the surveillance trend sweeps go to the same cluster of addresses. Um, 
that that's that's terrifying to me right have you been following that at all these uh yeah yeah that is kind of scary I, I definitely rotated some keys when um when that was all happening yeah i, I started doing think it it's a- last night out of out of fear um <laughs> no, I, I kind of igno- i guess ignored it at first the problem is you have so much going like i was saying in the in the onset of this right like it takes work to be your own bank um yeah unfortunately, you got to be a little proactive right yeah I, I tend to think that it was sort of a common so i think you covered it we covered it like a couple of months ago with milk sad um and then the last pass breach and all that yeah it I, I tend to think it's a combination of a few different kind of major vectors that people still haven't fixed or, or caught up from. Um, but maybe it's something deeper, right? Maybe there's like, maybe there's a hardware problem with randomness generation yeah. or some like known algorithm has been hacked by the NSA, right? I mean, we couldn't really rule those things out. Although it's, it, it does seem a bit strange because I, I think the way that a lot of this randomness and the entropy is generated for different wallets, like we're using different libraries across different coins. Um, I don't know, perhaps like some key hardware element is also compromised and, and that's, that's causing problems. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it is kind of scary cause you just don't know. So the, the safest thing to do is, is to rotate your keys, rotate your seed phrases. Um, probably if you can generate, so use an offline computer completely offline to generate those keys and then roll some dice and add that entropy into the, to the generation. So that if you have like a compromised hardware module, um, or some kind of like compromised algorithm that's generating those keys. Um, you add some dice rolls into there, get some extra entropy, uh, hopefully, and um, and then keep yourself safe. Rotating your keys is also a risk point in and of itself. So yeah, it's not easy to be your own bank. It's it's stressful. It's stressful. It really is. It really is. Um, that's why my personal opinion is kind of like we can't exactly expect grandma to um to be doing all this on her own. Like that's. Crypto is still not ready. No crypto is ready for like prime time adoption, replace fiat or anything like that. Um, it's still like you still have to be fairly responsible. And there are people that are unable to do that. So right, that's right. just the reality where we're at. I mean, we, we get the benefit of being the early adopters, right? But it comes it comes with great risk, right? So so we're here early, uh, but it, it's we're using this technology at a more risky time. Uh, but the yeah. likely scenario is that, that your Monero will be worth more in, in five, 10 years from now than what it is today, but you're, you're taking the risk in being the early, in being the early adopter and using this tech on the onset. Right. I, I still think there's a lot of very, like there's to me, it's kind of like when I, when we talk about graphene, we're like, listen, why haven't you gotten like a pixel six, a, you know, for a couple hundred bucks and installed graphene, right? Like it's a secure system. It's the most secure private phone you're going to find out on the market. Unless like we've just missed some big project. I say the same thing about cubes. Like, if you get an old laptop, like you could even get a ThinkPad um, 220, was it a 220T? I always get these kind of mixed up. Anyways, there's like two major ThinkPad brands before Intel ME, but you don't even have to do that. Just get any old laptop that that is compatible with cubes, install it, and then run your crypto wallets, like isolate every single one of them, only do crypto on that laptop, maybe, maybe secure banking. But what you've done is just totally isolated a lot of problems, like that whole LastPass problem. Okay, you have a separate virtual machine for your key, uh, your password manager, right? So only that virtual machine contains your password manager. It can't be stealing your keys from, um, you know, from, from all of your other wallets. Like just the simple, something as simple as isolating your system with a cubes machine, a dedicated laptop that will cost you, you know, a few hundred dollars at most install cubes and just isolate your activities in a way and you'll sleep with much, much greater peace of mind. 
Um, I mean, I guess a hardware wallet does the same thing. I'm a bit of a shitcoiner from time to time, so I sometimes need to access shitcoin wallets, which means I want to isolate them into a separate environment. And sometimes um, hardware wallets are a little bit cumbersome. Um, and uh, I mean, I'll, I'll, people say, oh, Cubes is so hard. Listen, I'll <laughs> be honest, the first time I installed Cubes, um, I was about halfway into a bottle of tequila in Puerto Vallarta. And I was like playing with Linux and trying to do like a dual boot setup and trying to do all this stuff. And I didn't even know how to use the command line at the time. I was like, man, this seems really difficult. Could I just install cubes? All right, let me try it. Let me just try it. Maybe everyone says it's advanced for, you know, the, the hackers, whatever. I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but let me try it. And, and it totally like, it was fine. Like I booted it up and it's like, oh, this is actually pretty easy. Hmm. Wow. I wish I had done this, you know, a week ago. <laughs> so it's, it's not as hard as people think if you can make an ISO, if you can make a bootable USB, if you've ever installed Linux, you can run cubes. Like it is a little bit of a learning curve, but you're smart enough to do it. I promise you, you'll figure it out. Like that, that's, it's such an easy way to protect your crypto. Okay. Rant. Yeah, rant yeah, over yeah. Slash rant. <laughs> I, I get what you're saying, but yeah, that that's not the solution for average Joe. Right, that's not the average. Job. Maybe yeah. not for your normie, but if you've installed Linux, like if you know how to make a bootable USB and you've dropped that onto a laptop, you've gotten into your, you've done that before. You can install and run Cubes. You're smart enough to run Cubes. It's it's yeah. not nearly as complex yeah. as you might think. Yeah, well, I, I represent the normies, right? I think that that's kind of my role here in the space too, being the bridge between guys like you and the normies. We 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 do need the the normie solutions um, because without the normies, we're not going to have a Monero economy. Uh, at the end of the day, this needs to be a tool that people can rely on and just use as money, right? Um, yeah. yeah. But yeah, exactly. early, early days, people are going to have to do a little extra work. I do think it's as simple as though, you know, just generating generating your private seed, your private keys in it, in a way that you can can rely on that, you know, there, there was no, uh, you know, greatly eliminating the potential for any, any, any hacking or anything like right that. So like offline computer, generate a seed, send Monero to it. You should be good to go with that. Right. And write down your seed. I mean, yeah, yeah. I would say those are like, that. Um, those are the three main solutions, right? Yeah. Offline laptop that you've ripped out the Wi-Fi, completely wiped the hard drive. Maybe you're running tails. Okay. Um, hardware wallet or cubes like one of those three solutions is is within reach of you know 99% of people in crypto yeah. right now yeah but you should just be able to rely on generating a wallet in cake right it should just be as just as reliable right because that's what yeah that's what the normies are going to be doing right and they're relying on that and they're writing down their seed and they should be able to sleep well at night with that um so all right, buddy. I guess take it away on price, and we will continue this conversation. I'm sure. Buddy, quick question though. I'm oh, sorry. Uh, you have two charts in backstage. I have do you two need charts both of them? Yeah, and no, I just because the thing is, we cap our like uh, viewers on stage section. So I guess when you can, mm. keep going, keep doing what you do. Just making you aware. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. You know what? What had happened? You know what? I won't explain it. It's some technical <laughs> dumbness. <laughs> Um, I'm afraid to shut one of them down because no, don't, no, don't worry about it. Is, yeah, yeah. Is the one I'll exit them both when uh when when you're finished. When I'm done, yeah, yeah, totally. All right, take it away, my friend. Cool. Okay, so we got the Monero chart in front of us here. Um, price is kind of doing that thing where it pumps. You know, we get the mega pump and then it kind of fizzles out, and you're you're like, okay, maybe you know, when is the next pump going to happen? Bitcoin kind of did this thing where uh. It, it looked like it had, like it was going to break this triangle. And then it was like, nah, just kidding. Let's see if I can find that. Maybe I deleted that chart already. A shame. That's too bad. Okay. Anyways, let's go to the eight hour. We'll take off the wave magic here and then 
essentially what happened is Bitcoin had this kind of like triangle, uh, this triangle pattern here. And then it broke to the upside with this big green dildo right here. And everyone's like, yeah, okay, we're breaking this big long-term line here. And then, and then it just kind of fizzled out. So to me right now, I'm, I'm becoming very suspicious of this pump. I'm becoming suspicious of how much longer it can last, but that doesn't mean that it, you know, it, it can't pump more, right? Like, uh, I had, like, I missed most of this. I was sitting out for most of that. Um, it wasn't until right around here that I was like, yeah, you know, okay, this thing is actually could probably pump. Um, but still, you can notice we've got this really big long-term rising resistance here, and we're effectively sitting at that. And things have, have broken this resistance once before. So to me, this, this looks very much like the same pattern that we've seen all year long, where you get this kind of massive pump out of nowhere, and then you kind of just fizzle out at the top. You get these little fake out kind of BART charts, like, for example, this guy right here. That was a BART chart if you go down into a shorter time frame, like if you look at the one hour hour, the, the two hours, something like that. So, um, yeah, that's kind of what's happening right now. Uh, Monero did get a nice little bump uh, this past week, which is which is nice. We got a big bump up. When was that? It was right after the price support. We got another big major uh, green candle. So I would uh, I would like to see us get a little bit higher. One problem that we're, we're going to be looking at on a technical sense in this chart. Oh, we need to man, turn off the wave measure. Okay. One problem that we're going to be hitting here in a technical sense on this chart is this very large um, uh, what was support and now is basically resistance. Effectively, we broke that line down, and now we're kind of coming back to the top side of that line. On occasion, you, you can see charts that, that sort of bounce up along the line like that until they break to the top side. I wouldn't be necessarily convinced that that's going to happen right here. If the rest of the crypto market continues to go to the upside, then probably something like that could happen. Right now, it seems more like shitcoins are popping off a few at a time, uh, like we talked about last week. Um, Soul was a pretty big was a pretty big one, apparently. So uh, the news should cover this. We won't really talk about it too much. But Sam, the bank man, uh, fried man, is about to get fried, sent to jail for potentially, you know, like a hundred years or something like that. Um, pr probably it won't be that long. Maybe he'll get like a decade, something slightly less, slightly less than what Ross Ulbricht did for making a website. Um, this guy for making basically the the biggest fraud in in american history stealing more money than anyone has in in history is probably only going to get like 10 or 20 years uh, but we'll let uh we'll let the news guys cover that but effectively yeah there's there's kind of like this soul has been has just been mega pumping different chart here's the eth bitcoin chart um a little bit schizophrenic at the moment but again um this thing is kind of sitting at support if you wanted to try and play one coin against the other i do think that this is probably a good spot to try and enter an eth btc position at a minimum, you kind of expect to probably get, you know, 15% um, better than Bitcoin. If this line breaks down and you confirm a few days below it, that 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 would be really problematic, uh, especially especially if you kind of touch this area right here, um, kind of that 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 uh, that wick low. Things shouldn't really get that low, but hey, you know, who, who knows, right? Anything can happen. That's great. Uh, but let's take a quick look at Soul USD. I'm not saying you should buy it. I didn't have any. I wasn't holding any. But uh, I just want to show you guys this thing is pumped like you know 127 percent in in the past few months, and then off the bottom, you know, it's pumped like 400 percent. So, but it's really hard with a coin like this. It's really hard to to ask yourself, okay, well, when am I going to get in this thing? Right? Are you, are you going to try and get in? Um, let's just say that uh, that you were smart and and you didn't try and get in until the very end of the year. Okay, maybe down here you would try and grab that. Maybe down here, but. So many of these low points to me were were dubious, were questionable. Like, okay, is that actually a low? It's it's hard to get into a coin like this, but it's a strategy as a trader that you can use sometimes to um to to try and 
keep yourself to give yourself a good chance of getting gains. When something crashes, you've got a big bear market, things have washed out, there's blood in the streets. What you do is you put some small, small percentage of your stack, like less than 1%, maybe like 1% or 2% into various shit coins. And if they pump, then you might get something like a 5X. You might have, say, 2% of your stack become 10% of your stack you know, within within a few months. And if you lose it all, you say, well, okay, all right, I'm an idiot. I bought shit coins. It was a risk I, I knew I was I was going to be taking. That's that's one strategy that you can get. And it's one strategy that I used here with um, recently with the crypto pump that we had is because I really wasn't too sure about what any of that was. I had had some nice gains, you know, from, from really the whole, the, from the past year or for the past, you know, six to nine months. And I said, okay, I don't really know what's going to happen. I don't want to risk most of my stack. So what am I going to do? I'm going to buy some shit coins. I'm going to buy the ones that I think have the best chance of pumping. And uh, if the market goes up, then I should have some outsized gains and that should at least keep me in the gains business, right? So these are kind of like strategies that you can do if you, if you want to be a little bit more active with your trading, um, if you want to try and protect your stack, which is definitely what I was what I was wanting to do. So I try and play all sides of it. I've got my Monero that I consider my hodl. It's a fundamental play. I basically never sell it. Um, maybe uh, I, the only time I sell it is when I need to spend it, right? So um, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of where crypto is looking at. Get total really quick. Uh, actually, let's take a look at some of the shit coins. All right, you can see we're on the two day here. Let's go to the daily. All right, so Link is in white again. You can see that Link has been one of the top performers. Um, I don't remember which one. This was the yellow one down here. Anyways, Dog is kind of like uh, trailing the pack. Litecoin is is definitely at the bottom. So Litecoin is in blue. Dog is in yellow. Oh, Bitcoin is in orange. So Bitcoin has been doing you know better than pretty much everything else. Monero actually with the pump that we had this past week has done pretty good as well. So uh, and then Bcash is in green. They had some massive pump earlier this year. Good for them. Uh, and then we take a look at the Bitcoin dominance as well uh, really quickly. So this thing, again, still, you know, still looking nice. It's There's a question of, of how long can this continue? I don't have any real opinions on how this chart goes. If we wanted to take a look at historic levels and what this chart has done historically, um, getting back up to the 63% area, that wouldn't be totally out of the question. That that could maybe happen. With the, uh, with the Sam Bankman trial being over um maybe maybe they're going to pivot their their guns onto some new aspect of the crypto system maybe it could be cz maybe it could be tether um and paolo i don't know it seems like they've continued to operate for a very long time and have not been really attacked so it's kind of hard to think that suddenly they're just going to be attacked anyways um we do have uh we do have like this is this is a strong chart right overall this is a very strong looking chart for the moment but it has gone up quite a lot and if hypothetically we think that crypto is going to continue to perform, at some point there's going to be some rotation into alts. Like we said, right now it's it's a little bit, uh, you know, alts are popping a few at a time, getting outsized gains a few at a time, kind of like Sol did, kind of like Link did. Uh, and you could probably expect that to continue here. If we don't see a big broad movement to the upside with everything uh, in the next couple of weeks, I'll probably start I'll probably start really singing out, singing out that uh, hey, things are fizzling out here. Don't uh, don't be getting greedy. Don't be chasing. That's a big deal. Also, don't be chasing. If you're like, hey, I saw this shitcoin pump. I'm gonna trade into that shitcoin. No, this is not the time to be chasing. You can chase. The only time that you can chase and it can actually work out for you is the beginning of a bull market. So right here is like in a very broad macro sense. Okay, we are seeing the signs that are starting to convince us that this is potentially the beginning of a bull market. This is not like the beginning of a bull market in earnest, like the post-March 2020 events, right? When everything crashed and everything kind of came back 
and then was holding steady. Like that was the beginning of a big bull market in earnest. They turned on the money printers. The macro was extremely clear what was happening. In that case, yeah, you, you can chase and you can get away with it. Right now, it's I wouldn't recommend chasing. I, I don't think it's a great idea. Uh, let's take a look at Monero in terms of the rest of the shitcoin market cap. So what we have is XMR divided by total three. Total three is basically all the crypto market cap minus Bitcoin minus Ethereum. So that's what uh, that's what we're looking at right here. And you can see that, um, you know, I mean, we're basically doing pretty good. We're kind of in this, uh, this, this triangle pattern right here. Ideally, you'd want to see this triangle pattern break to the upside. It's typically, uh, this is a neutral triangle, so it could break either way. At the moment, it kind of looks a bit like a bullish triangle because, uh, or a pennant, right? Because you got this big move to the upside where, where uh, Monero, how much is, take a look at the percentage that Monero did ahead of everything else. Yeah, so Monero pumped about 150% um, from the bottom, uh, really at the beginning of 2022, which is kind of crazy, right? Monero, it was at the end of the bull market that Monero was at its lowest relative to the rest of the crypto market. So anyways, it's pumped up. This looks a lot like a pennant. Um, again, this would be another sign that's like we've talked about, like, okay, at some point, we I feel like we do need to come revisit the lows. I, I just, it's hard for me to think that now is the time that the bull market starts in earnest. The macro doesn't say so. Um, we're, we're still kind of looking at some minor problems with... Um, with with the whole debt market, like there there's a lot of craziness happening in but with with currencies across the world with debt, and it's it's just difficult to think that nothing bad is going to happen here with rates being held this high across the world uh, for this long. So we're looking here at the at the uh, uh, the yields, uh, all of the different yield spreads. So on the bottom here, we've got the yield curve inversion kind of slightly ticked back down in the past week. You've got the long-term yields coming a little bit to the downside. The, the short-term yields are still kind of holding steady. This seems to just be holding steady for a very long period of time. We also had the Fed on Wednesday uh, came out and they said that they, they didn't raise rates at all this Wednesday, which was unsurprising. The market didn't expect them to raise rates. They had all but said that they were not going to raise rates. So that really wasn't much of a factor this week for anything. Normally, I try and listen to the J-PAL speech, but um, two factors, I was out of town, and also it's normally very dry, and you have to read between the lines. He's also a lawyer, you know, so he speaks pretty well, and it just didn't seem like there was going to be anything important that was going to be said this week. So uh, we also had the unemployment numbers came out. This would be the unemployment numbers right here. Now, one thing the Fed has been saying they're trying to do is to get the unemployment level a little bit higher, because with unemployment being so low, it means there's a very high demand for labor. With a high demand for labor, it means that you can demand a higher wage, right? I can go to, I could, I could go to a semiconductor company, right, and say, hey, I, you know, here's my resume, whatever. Um, you know, I, I need a high wage. I don't have to work. I, I don't, you know, you're gonna have to pay me a lot of money for me to go back to work, right? So that's that's kind of like in a broad sense, that's kind of what the market has been feeling quite a lot. So because unemployment is so low, because there's so much demand for labor, high wages equals slightly higher inflation. So one of the things that the Fed is trying to do is actually get these these unemployment numbers to move to the upside a little bit. I think they want to target like four and a half or five percent. The only problem, the only problem with this is that massive pumps in uninflation seemingly come out of nowhere and they're basically always associated or almost always associated with recession. And recession is associated with the market pulling back. So right now you can see it looks like things have kind of bottomed out here. The Fed is kind of getting what they want. They've gone from about 3.3% uh, unemployment down to, uh, sorry, up to um, like 3.9% unemployment, 3.89, yeah, 3.9. So the only thing, you know, that would be cause for concern is that the Fed, um, they, they seemingly act in such a way that they're always like, they're always overreacting, right? 
they drop rates, they printed a shitload of money and they're like, oh, don't worry about it. It's the inflation. No, it's not going to happen. We've got it under control. And then suddenly there's all this inflation. They're like, oh, I, you know, I guess we have to act now. So now the, the question is, okay, they're going to hold rates higher for longer. And I think they're going to hold them as high as they can for as long as they can because they need to buy and they're going to try and raise them as high as they can because they need to buy as much room to drop rates. Like instead of dropping rates from, say, 4% down to 2% or 1.5% and getting back into the same regime that we had after 2008, I do think what they really are trying to do is push rates up to like 6% so that they can drop them down to, say, 4%. Um, and, and, you know, once once the economy starts having problems, it, it gives them this room to renormalize rates, which is something that they really need to do. We've never seen rates be what they were after 2008 for such a long period of time. So anyways, if we start seeing this pump up, that's another signal. Like if we, you know, if we get another month that does that and then another month does that, that's a big signal that we really need to be careful in this market and you need to be taking some kind of risk mitigation measures against, uh, against the long side, especially if you're a hodler. So uh, let's take a look at some of the macro stuff and then we'll, we'll call it a day here, move the show along. There's a lot of stuff to talk about. So uh, this is the dollar index uh, currently having a bit of trouble. I, uh, I do think there's still a reasonable possibility that, that this thing is not out of steam. A little bit of a broadening structure right here on the, uh, on the way it's acting, maybe just kind of like a, a bull flag. But dollar index has made a big run to the upside and is now kind of like in this channel. At some point, it could come to the upside and, uh, and try and reassert itself. Perhaps that would still be a few months off, and perhaps that would, that would uh, coincide with some kind of risk-off event, some kind of like big, um, you know, big problem, effectively. <coughs> Excuse me. So gold here. Uh, yeah, gold is kind of like had a big run, hit this resistance, still kind of like trying to figure out what it wants to do. We got one day that we poked above there, like we talked about last Saturday, um, but then it came right back down. Hasn't been able to close two days above this this big resistance line. I still think gold is strong, um, as we've talked about quite a lot. Gold is just a good, for me, it's a good place to park my money. It's got minimal downside risk, significant upside potential, long-term play, fundamental play. Um, it's, it's a place that I just feel like, like when I think about these attacks, like, okay, people are getting their wallets drained and we don't really know how, um, we're not really sure, quite sure how all of these attacks are happening. And I think to myself, well, okay, what happens if I lose my crypto, lose a significant portion of my crypto? Um, I say, okay, well, I've still got a huge gold stash. Um, I can recover from that. It'll be painful. Um, if I lose all my crypto or some like, or, or let's suppose a network failure, right? Like network failures can happen. Like things like these, these networks are not immune to these kinds of problems, uh, including Monero. We could see a network failure in any, in any major coin. So I think to myself, okay, if some major failure happens and I lose a huge portion of my net worth in crypto, okay, well, I still got at least a good chunk of gold. I can recover from that. So another reason why I like gold, it's just, you know, it's a diversification play. It's a safety play. Um, gold can't be hacked is what you're saying. Alchemy is kind of, I mean, awesome. they can, they can come take it from me, I guess, they can, yeah, they can, you know, but that, that's true of everything. Yeah. It could be lost when you, when you say a network failure in crypto, what, what are you referring to? Let's just say an inflation bug, right? An exploited that's inflation bug that. in Bitcoin. Like let's suppose, let's suppose Bitcoin that, that 2018 bug that they, or the 2016 bug they fixed in 2018. Let's suppose that guy was nefarious and he had just like exploited that inflation bug. Uh, that would crush Bitcoin price and it would crush everything else price yeah. as well. Cause they're all correlated and the loss of confidence in Bitcoin is, Loss of confidence across the board. So, but there's all kinds of different failures, right? Like there's yeah. DDoS attacks. There's, I mean, who knows? Yeah, it all goes back to that idea, right? So, so we're we're being our own bank, but at, at a time when it's still early days, right? Where there there's there is there's always going to be risk because of the nature of what we're what we're doing here. 
but there's more risk now in these earlier days, I would say, right? Yeah. I'm I'm not convinced at this point, like it's been 14 years from an era, it's been almost a decade. I'm not entirely convinced of when this becomes as seamless as starting a bank account. Um, I mean, yeah, there's the pain in the ass of doing all your KYC to get your bank account and begging them to hold your money for you. Um, you know, so there's that kind of like there's its own kind of like problems, but I'm not convinced of when it becomes about as seamless as, as having a bank account. It's yeah, no, really. Yeah. I think it's already I mean, easier. It's already technically a lot easier for me, from my perspective. And we, we it use, is easier, you know. But it the hard part is is the is the stress that comes along with the risk of using these systems, right? But the systems yeah. themselves. They do work. They're very easy. I mean, you download you download uh, an app on your phone and you're up and running, right? Like you said, there's no KYC. You could be completely anonymous, and boom, you're you're running. You're you got a bank account. You got a quote unquote bank account, and you can start sending money back and forth to each other. And all you have to do is write down a seed, as long as all those things work. And like you said, there's no there's no critical flaw, you know, network failure. There's no. Um, but once it it does work, uh, you know. If you're trusting that that it works as intended, it's it is very easy. I think. Yeah, I, su- I suppose so. It's it's not it's not really that hard. Um, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. It's mostly just the uh, the stress of holding your own stuff. Yeah. And those those particular pain points of backing up your seed. Yeah. I read an article that the cops are like they're all trained now to look for um to look for seed phrases. They know what they look like now. So oh, like, yeah, that's scary. Yeah, I don't doubt yeah. that. Yeah, so put your seed somewhere that it's difficult to find, you know. It's basically that won't be found unless you already know where it is, that uh, kind of thing. Wow. Let's see. Okay, last thing we'll talk about is, uh, is stocks here. This is the NASDAQ. And after a very big drop-off that we talked about last week, this uh, this down here came back, um, now back inside of this channel. At the moment, this is starting to look like a downward, or sorry, uh, like a bull flag, right? So you got this downward channel after a big move, and... Um, you know, there was, there was a little bit of danger here when this breakdown happened and we said, Hey, you know, maybe, maybe this head and shoulders uh, target could still be playing out somewhere around, uh, which would be somewhere around here. Um, the NASDAQ, uh, head and shoulders did not play, uh, did not completely play out. The S and P one basically did meet its target. Like it, it fully, it fully hit the target that you would expect, uh, that you would expect it to hit from that breakdown. So stocks really came back in a big way. And maybe that's a part of the reason why crypto sort of treaded water here and, and didn't do a whole lot. Maybe a lot of that money went back into stocks. So I still, I mean, stocks are always optimistic and maybe the Fed, maybe it's different this time. There's still like these big, these big macro problems on the horizon. And it, it the, the timeline still probably look more like next year than they look like immediately. So, but, but it's, it's just hard for me to, to really like get long this market with everything I have. Uh, I still look at this thing and I say I'm I'm not confident that that this is that this is a strong market. Um, you can see here we've got the uh, in green that's the U.S. like total U.S. liquidity. Again, that's like reverse repos in combination with the Fed balance sheet. Really, just kind of trending sideways and down here. Global liquidity continues to drop off. Really, when it comes to the stock market, my thinking is that you only need one of these going up for stock markets to be price positive. So, uh, yeah, I mean, just you know, be careful out there. Again, don't be chasing. If you're if you've been long, if you're hodling, you can maybe continue to hodl. I, I don't see why you wouldn't. Um, you know, you, you, we might still have to wait some time period to to get some big gains, but there is still the distinct possibility 
that Bitcoin could make it to 40,000 or 44,000. Like that could legitimately happen. Like if this line, so for example, last thing we'll say here is that if this line right here breaks to the upside and holds on the upside here for like a few days, not just like breaks it and come backs down and bar chart and all this bullshit, but like actually breaks above and holds at least for a few days, ideally closes a week above, you could probably expect that things are going to pump here to the like 45,000 area. Um, that And that's like, that would be, okay, if things pump there, that's where you need, if you if you at all reallocate funds, that's where you need to take something off the table. Those are major, major standard deviation levels. Those are psychological levels that the market in aggregate has that doesn't know that they have. This level right here, these top blue bands, that would be an exit point if you're if you're trying to trade on a on a long term basis. Um, that's that's a perfect point, and also that's probably a great point for um, one of the one of the ETFs to be approved, and uh, <laughs> and and we've all seen what happens when a major institution starts accepting Bitcoin. You think, oh, price is going to go up, but then they use it as exit liquidity and opportunity for all of the people coming into the market. They use that as an opportunity to dump on people um, because of that exit is present. So. Anyways, um, yeah, that's that's kind of how I'm thinking about the situation here. I don't have high confidence necessarily in one direction or the other. Um, so for me, in the way that I usually manage my funds, I only do crazy shit with a very small percentage, and I like to have high confidence that I think I know where the market is going to actually be in the market. If I'm not too sure, I usually just sit out, and I'm comfortable with that. Um, it means that uh, sometimes I might sit out on big pumps like this, and that, that's fine. That's But that's my personal style. A lot of people have different styles of trading as well. So um, I feel like, hey, I got enough here early on in the year. Um, I want to see some more clarity in the market before I really um, make a big movement with a big allocation of funds again, uh, again, apart from my HODL. So uh, that's the price report today. Awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. Good take. So, so you're saying, uh, in, despite the fact that we've seen a recent pump, you don't feel super comfortable if you were if you were looking to make big trades to to move out of Bitcoin right now with the hope that there'd be a you know a pullback, you think it's kind of like too much of a fifty fifty situation where it could still pump up from here, right? Yeah, yeah. If if I was going to try and take any trade at all, it would actually probably be a leverage trade with a very tight stop. Um, so, for example, like let's suppose I wanted to bet on the short side because that's the pattern. That's been the pattern for all year long. You pump. And then you kind of fizzle out, like you kind of make these little BART charts, pretend like you're going to pump, and then you come back down. Right now, what I would maybe do, like if I was if I was going to try and take a trade at all, um, I would probably take a leverage trade to the downside, and then I would put a stop loss at like maybe thirty six thousand right there, or maybe like just slightly higher, like thirty six four. Um, and I'd say, okay, you know, if if I lose that trade, sure, that's um, what would that be? Maybe that uh, maybe I'd lose five percent on that. But then the downside target at least would be to this area, right? So you'd be looking for seventeen percent down because if this thing fails to the downside or fizzles out, it, it's probably going to hit this hit this line down here. So, anyways, um, again, you know, that's just like my personal way that I'm managing my funds. Um, definitely, definitely, I have to acknowledge that this big pump right here was kind of a miss because I didn't like any of this action. My bias was to the downside, so. That was definitely one that I missed. So, um, but you know, you're never going to get them all right. Anyways, yeah, good luck out there, guys. All right, man. Good luck in in every way, right? Uh, Trading, holding your crypto, moving it around, (laughs) not losing your keys. Um, Body, please stick around if you can, because I know there's going to be a lot more discussion around the CCS stuff. Would love to continue to get your insights on all that jazz. Yeah, I'll be here. All right. Thank you, Body. Appreciate it. Alrighty, um, da- um, let's move on to our guest segment because Danny's uh, backstage. We don't want to keep him waiting too long. Uh, yeah, we could do that. We could do that, and then we have the the dev report. 
or maybe we could do a quick dev report because then I want to do Danny and then he could stay up and, and chat with us. But yeah, um, right, Danny, because I don't know how good his internet's going to be. Yeah, and he's been waiting for a little bit. Let's just bring him on. Let's do, let's okay. The Monerotopia guest segment is sponsored by TakeWallet. Store, send, receive, and exchange your Monero and Bitcoin safely on iOS and Android too. TakeWallet is open source, and you always control your own keys. Danny, what's going on, man? Hey, how are you? Hello. <laughs> oh, it's pretty good. I'm enjoying the humidity. <laughs> are you Are you in uh, Acapulco? Yeah, yeah, I'm sitting up on a, a rooftop to get a signal. I, I thought I was going to have Starlink earlier, but the power went back off where we had Starlink, so I uh, lost access to that. But I'm actually sitting on top of a roof, and I've got 5G at the moment. All right, well, we'll take advantage of that. Yeah. Uh, I, I was watching some of your videos. What, what, what's your channel? You plug, plug your channel uh, so people know. Oh, uh, ANRV Adventure. <clears throat> I think the yeah uh, uh, no short no, title no. on that is a in videos and yeah I, I'm doing a lot of motorcycle riding videos that's you know going through disaster areas or whatever and just traveling around Mexico stuff like that so it's a uh, n r v moto and uh, I think we get shadow no no Danny's breaking up right a little you know the algorithm stand I don't know am I any better there. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, a little better. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was sitting up against the wall there. Yeah, I should get a better signal here. Anyway, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of a travel channel. I mean, I have the crypto show where I, I just add videos from different conferences and stuff, and it's pretty sporadic now, the way I do that one. It used it was a uh, AM, FM radio show that ran for almost seven years, and uh, then... I just kind of quit doing the radio and we, we just add videos here and there on that one. So right now I'm just doing mostly the travel stuff and it's, uh, you know, uh, associated with Anarcho and different things traveling around Mexico. And I say a few things that are probably not friendly to the YouTube, YouTube algorithm. So we don't really get much play. I mean, if I, 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 when I'm looking at other travel if I'm looking at other travel videos, it's like some dude sitting in his, you know, living room in Mexico saying, oh, I've got a cheap apartment and I only pay X numbers. Like they don't even do any traveling. <laughs> and I'm doing some pretty wild traveling and we don't get any, you know, we don't get any airplay at all. So, yeah, oh, well. <laughs> no, I think going on there. but, I, you know, we think that with Monero talk as well. Right. We've been putting on content for, for years. Yeah. It's like really good yeah. crypto content. Uh, none of this like like bullshit talking about pumps and pump and dumps uh it's you know it's it's it feels yeah. like we should have more more subscribers at this point than we do right, right? We're always oh, like, yeah. i mean everybody knows yeah. us, right? i don't even care i mean i don't even care anymore i watch your like you guys are one of the only podcasts i actually watch so, so i mean awesome. i don't catch it every week but when i get a chance to sit down and listen i always do so awesome um, so what and you know um we should take pride in the uh, the Monero donations that came in for this fundraiser, with far exceeded Bitcoin and everything else. I think it exceeded all other cryptos together. I looked at it this morning. There was a snapshot and said that we had collected uh, sixty one thousand in Monero. That's crazy, and wow, that was pretty. So that was really crucial to to getting this off the ground. And you know, uh, if 
if you don't know what we're talking about, we responded to the Hurricane Otis here in Acapulco. And uh, Jeff put up a GoFundMe, you know, GoFundMe deal. Plus, he also had crypto addresses. Well, we just barely got the GoFundMe uh, funds a couple of days ago. So in the interim, we were only able to get the stuff that we had through crypto. So that's, you know, all of the, the all of the main expenses were, were, were all done in crypto. So without that, we wouldn't have had anything. And I had a similar situation during Hurricane Harvey in Houston uh, back in 2017. I, I was sponsored by Dash at the time, and I had some funds left over from another project that we did. And I just decided, hey, I'm going to take these funds that was supposed to feed the homeless, and I'm going to go down and feed homeless people on the coast at the, at the uh, hurricane. Well, we put this out, you know, on the air, which was actually just Facebook Live because the hurricane had ripped our uh, our antenna down. And somebody responded that was watching and said, I will match up to 10 Bitcoins any donation. And, you know, our show was two hours long. So when the show was over, I went out and I jumped in my truck and I started driving from Austin down towards Corpus Christi so I could catch the backside of the hurricane and work my way into Houston. And on the way to San Antonio, I opened the wallet up and there's 10 Bitcoin in the wallet. I'm like, whoa, shit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and Bitcoin, Bitcoin was $4,300 at the time. So here I am, you know, not even an hour out of announcing that I'm going to go do this and I have access to $43,000. <clears> and at the time, this was when uh, Coinbase had the shift card and you could just put Bitcoin in your uh, Coinbase account and immediately spend it. So, you know, within an hour, I received this Bitcoin. I'm in Walmart in San Antonio loading up on all kinds of stuff to take into, you know, the hurricane. And, you know, like I said, hurricane was still happening. I just drove into the backside of it and just followed the hurricane through the Texas coast. And, geez, we helped, I mean, over 3,000 people with uh, different, you know, care packages and stuff, helped them, you know, cut limbs. Uh, we bought a small aluminum boat, and we had a crew from uh, Defense Distributed. Uh, and the, the founder of the crypto show, Harlan, and a bunch of the guys who, who worked at Defense Distributed, which is, you know, Cody Wilson's deal, the, the ghost gunner, they all got together, took the boat down there. And they pulled out over 30 people with our boat, you know, and that that was all sponsored by Dash. You know, a lot of people don't like Dash, but I happen to think it was a pretty good project. You know, it has has one of the most important things about a crypto project, and that's community. Except now it's a self-proclaimed uh, non-privacy coin, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah um, they're, they're, I mean, they were never a privacy coin to begin with. They just had a feature. Yeah. They they. They took um, well, they were coin coin. dark coin, weren't they originally? Dark yeah, coin? originally it was called dark coin and it had uh, coin join from, you know, Bitcoin's coin join. And they took some features from the dark wallet from yeah. Amir Tati. Right. And they right. put that together. And that was their that was their private send function. But still, yeah. you had to jump through hoops to make it happen. It wasn't by default. Yeah, and, it's, uh, and then you had all the master nodes and all that jazz. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting. This it is amazing to see. Is there a, the website? Where can we go? What, where's the website where it shows the donations? Uh, hurricaneotisrecovery.com. 
see, see if you could bring that up so we could show everybody. Um, but yeah, it's amazing that sixty one thousand dollars was raised in Monero, and it yeah dwarf of four hundred. I mean, we're at four hundred thousand, I think. Yeah, somewhere in there uh, of the total, and we've already. I know we're we've spent less than two hundred. I'm sure. So I know it's over somewhere over a hundred thousand. I've I've done. I don't know how much I've done because we've we have a large sprinter van and we're running back and forth from Cuernavaca, which is five hours away, to get uh, large loads. Uh, well, sprinter van size loads. You know, it's a big cargo van, so we're able to put three pallets of stuff on in the van and bring it down. So, you know. Doing that every day, it got tiring. So we asked that 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 they use a bigger truck to bring it down whenever we need it. We're we're stocked up pretty good right now, <clears throat> and the crisis phase of the hurricane is pretty much over. Like you know, people are getting access to food and water now, so it's not so important that that we provide those things. So we're going to start shifting our focus into finding people that. Um, and need home repairs and stuff like that and see how how we can help out with that okay um, uh, i'm very familiar with how how mexico pro- provides funds to disasters so i know what to look for um another thing that i did when i was sponsored by dash was d- right after hurricane harvey we had the earthquake in mexico and i put in another proposal to dash to go down and help out people with the earthquake and we initially decided, you know, we were going to just go down there and hand out food and stuff. And and then I recognized something different that, you know, people needed help with rebuilding their houses. And uh, I, I went to a small village outside of Puebla and we ended up building four homes with Dash, um, the Mexican um, exchange called Bitso. They actually exchanged the Dash for me, even though they did not accept Dash. On the back end, they were exchanging the Dash for me and sending cash directly to a credit card so that we could uh, buy materials and pay the crew and all that stuff. So there was a a lot of people that helped out with that, including Roger Ver, who helped uh, to fund rebuilding the community center. So. But in doing that, what what I had learned is when these disasters happen, the Mexican government actually does provide money to the people to rebuild their house. But the problem that comes in is when a house is not considered a house, like, does it have a foundation? You know, it, does it have this, you know, a, a working bathroom? Does it have this or that? There's, there's certain criteria that makes it a full house. So when people have built their own house and they don't have the things that make it considered a house, the government doesn't give them any aid at all. Mm-hmm. So like our taxi driver for Anarchapulco, uh, the guy who like organizes all of our transportation, his name is Macario. And I think he got a divorce or something. He moved out of his house. And so he had to build, he built his own little house and that house is just trashed. So he doesn't qualify for, for any assistance. So we can help him. And, you know, that's that's where we're putting our focus. We've got another week or so of finding areas that uh, that are outlying from the Acapulco area that were damaged where we can help them with food. And then it's going to be a full shift focus and in, into finding these homes where we need repairs. So, OK, I, I'm glad to be part of this. And, you know, I, 
people say a lot of stuff about Jeff and I've known him for a long time and I've never had any issues whatsoever. Uh, you know, he, people have reached out to me and like, Oh, we don't trust him. So they've sent me the crypto instead. And I have three different donations that I receive. Actually, one of them is in Monero from somebody that's on this show. Sometimes hmm. I don't know if he wants, I don't know if he wants me to say it out loud, so I'm not going to say anything. Uh, he sent Monero to me and, and we'll be using that towards uh, Macario's home. Um, you know, that's so my, right. my bread and butter in the States is uh, I'm a contractor. I, I actually am a roofing contractor. So I do insurance claims and I've, I've got over 30 years experience in construction. Okay. So, so that's how I ended up building homes and stuff in Mexico. And so okay. this is, th- you know, this is right up my alley. I can easily, shift into construction mode yeah 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 i mean it, it's it's you know it's great to just see crypto being used in the sense it's like you said it was used back in the day like dash was yeah. used but th- this is it, it's showing it's showing how 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 useful crypto can be right yeah. uh or just in, like you said instantly sending donations uh they don't have to wait for getting approval from whatever third party is receiving yeah. it creating accounts it's just boom crypto is getting sent so it's, it's working well, better than it banking system the reason why i even scroll got down, in scroll down a little bit so we could see um all the donation amounts oh okay yeah okay there you go all right yeah. um why, why do you think uh so many monero so, cindy wait scroll back up so we could see, so we could see um probably because of jeff's listeners are you know he's been recommending monero at, as a top privacy coin for a long time, I know he advocated for pirate chain for for a while. You um, know, I think he still does. I mean, but Monero is always his go-to of being the solid one. I mean, I, you know, I work with a crypto project myself, and I would still recommend Monero. I don't pretend that you know our little shitcoin is competition with Monero, but we are inspired by some of the the different features of Monero. So. You know, it's a it's a Zcash fork, but we've you know used uh, the idea of ring signatures. We we have eight outputs rather than one output like a Zcash. So it's kind of like having ring signatures on top of Zcash. You know, but uh, I'm not here to pump my my shit coin. So <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's, it's just amazing to see that Monero like really dwarfed all these others in terms of people. Yeah. Using it to make donations—that's yeah. for me—that's that's very positive. Um, when people think, "All right, time to actually use crypto," this is what. Yeah. I'm yeah. Oh, and um, the main guy helping me is Jason Henza. Um, you know, we're using his van to do all this, and he owns a pizza shop that accepts Monero and Dragon X in uh, Morelia. So you can actually get a fifty percent discount on your pizza in his shop if you spend Monero. So I think it's called it's you should should be able to find it on Google Maps in Morelia. It's called uh, Pizza Henza. You know, it's his his last name. So, so that's pretty cool. So how do you, how do you guys now? Like you said, you're you're moving on from you know food and water to now helping people who's essentially lost their homes maybe finding a few people however however you're going to pick and choose who who you're yeah. going to work with but how do you plan on like li- actually using the crypto for these purposes you're going to you're going to liquidate it or you're going to what what means are you going to use to turn the 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 crypto the monero into the thing well the you- majority so 
I would say that the majority of the crypto we've already had to use because we didn't have access to the GoFundMe. Okay. Funds. So the hundred, you know, hundred and something K that we've already gone through to get this far was, you know, majority of that was crypto. So at this point on, we're, we're spending GoFundMe, GoFundMe funds to, you know, to get the construction done. Okay. So you're not going to be using really crypto for those things. You already used it. Uh, no. I mean, I don't, I don't know exactly how much is left. I've been just so focused on doing what we're doing. I didn't even know how much money was in it. I mean, when I came down here, the storm happened. Um, the very next morning, I just decided I'm going to load up my motorcycle and drive to Acapulco. Uh, I had no intention of being part of this. I you know, I was busy helping to organize. I organized the crypto stage for Anarchapulco. And I just told everybody in the chats, hey, I'm going to go down to Acapulco and help. I had no idea that Jeff was doing the fundraiser until after I was almost here. Mm. Uh, so I just plan on coming down and like, you know, using a shovel to help people dig stuff out, maybe cut some limbs, do what I could, you know, maybe inspire a few people to do something. And, and then all of this money showed up and so I'm like, well, okay, I can do the exact same thing I did with Dash. So we just went hardcore on on getting getting stuff to people so so that they could use it. Cool, cool. Um, what do you think, man? Is Narcopoco going to happen in February? Given what happened, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the first day I showed up, the some of the hotels and stuff that house us, uh, I went by there, and it was just, their windows were blown out, the roofs were damaged things like that, but everything's built out of concrete. So the structures are still there. <clears throat> they just need to build, you know, put the other stuff back. The garden is really tore up, but the area where our main stage was is in perfect condition. We don't we don't have to worry about that. So hopefully they can get at least a portion of that garden put back together. And, uh, you know, because the the other things that happen at the garden are pretty cool. You know, they have Tamascals and all these other, you know, little events that are going on inside the garden area uh, away from the main stage. Um, but at this point, they kind of have a clean slate and they could actually redesign that garden to make it accommodate a lot more people. So we'll see where that goes. Uh, right now, I'm trying to get the um, volunteers that are here in the area to take a day and just all go over there and help clean up, you know, just move the dead debris away. And so they can see what's underneath this mess and see what they have to work with. Awesome, man. Awesome. Yeah. I know you had asked if Sunita and I are coming down. I, we, we don't know yet. We got to play, we yeah. got to play this one by year just because we got a lot of uh, different things going on. We're going out to Argentina next week and then we got a couple other little trips, oh, that's cool. but we'd love to, I, I love being down there uh, at a Narcopoco surrounded yeah. by, all the crypto anarchists. Yeah, you know, I, uh, I, I like, you know, I went to Monerotopia in Mexico City and it was super impressive, especially the way you guys ran that market. And um, that that's inspired us. So hopefully we can do something like that. I'm, I'm wanting to bring down um, at least four of the Tumen people from different uh, regions and then have them set up booths so they can accept Tumen. Um, and for those who are, are confused by that, it has, it has no association to me. This is a. Yeah. If you want to quickly explain what that is, the, yeah. T U M I N. T U M I N. It is a a Mexican local currency that started just after Bitcoin, so it's it's 13 years old, and 
what it's a paper currency and the Mexican government were well the the Mexican bank was intimidated by this currency that was one to one with the peso so they sued them and you know this was just a little paper currency that was floating around in one small town that started in a university when it escaped the university and got out into the town of Espinal in Veracruz the bank became interested and sued them well they used uh, Article 2 of the Mexican Constitution, which allowed for indigenous economies and rule, and they won the lawsuit. So when they won, <laughs> you know, the, the, the people were free to spend their money now. This became a big news story. So it ended up on TV and radio, and then areas all around Mexico started becoming interested in it. So now there are six regions in Mexico that have their own Tumen, and, you know, they each one has its own little picture on it and all that, but there's there's over three thousand users. I've been to their uh, to their meetups and so not a meetup. They have like little festivals where all of the Tumanistas will gather from all over this you know all over Mexico and come and have a big market day. Hmm. And there, the last one I went to in Veracruz, there were over hundred and fifty vendors. There were about six hundred people there, and I watched thousands and thousands of transactions with paper Tumen. Uh, we created a, uh, a Zcash chain, you know, Zcash fork from Hush yeah. for them. So there is a digital Tumen as well. But the way Tumen works is in order to be part of the economy, you have to accept at least 10% in Tumen and the other part in pesos. So to me, this is a good way to onboard them onto Monero. If, if we have a digital Tumen, now we can all start talking to them about crypto. And so instead of taking pesos as that other 90%, why not take crypto? You know, mm -hmm. it, it opens up the conversation. You know, of course, yeah. it's not going to be everybody that's interested into it. But right. if we have, if we can combine a Monero marketplace like you had with a Tumen marketplace, it, you know, it opens people's eyes up into what those possibilities are. All run by Tumen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. Tumen, Tumen marketplace. Um, well, it's T-U-M-I-N. It, yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah. T-U-M-I-N is the Nahuatl, which is the native word for money. It, it's, it's, it's interesting. Like you said, I mean, the, the positive there, it gets people accustomed mm -hmm. to letting the best monies compete and not necessarily right. using the state-issued currency and being open-minded about money. But I mean, there are concerns, right? Like, how is this Tumen thing actually function? How do we know that there's not Tumens being printed at will. I mean, it's a uh, well. I don't even know if you want to get into that, but uh, I mean, you that would, could reaction be like, yeah, uh, the paper, the, the paper, they print it, right? They they print it up and they give it away. I mean, why counterfeit it when all you have to do is ask for it? I mean, right now it functions as a as a reward point. It's like, what, what are you? You're going to counterfeit to get a ten percent discount? It, it, you it, know, it, has, it has a value to it, right? And then who's yeah. Who controls? Yeah, but, but I mean, like when when I asked them, "Hey, well, what do you do if somebody's counterfeiting?" Because whoa, that would save us some trouble of having to print it. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> you know, we need to, it sounds and, like we need to get them on the arrow uh, before they get. Yeah, uh, yeah. The counterfeiter, the the counterfeiter would just have to become part of the economy then if to to get the value out of what he just printed. <laughs> It's, you know, it, it's uh, their motto is solidarity in money. Solidarity de mon moneda. Okay. So, you know. Moneda. There you go. Moneda. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's right. where Monero gets his name, right? Yep. 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 Uh, Esperanto. Yeah. Definitely related. Um, yeah. Dan, thank you. Thank you so much, man, for jumping on, giving us the update. Yeah. 
uh it's super cool what you're doing down there uh, I, I just love your lifestyle man you just <laughs> on, yeah, on bike, yeah. driving around you, you know go literally driving into the storm you know yeah you're living the just dream. yeah um the first step is get rid of all debt and take on no new debt <laughs> all right that's the, <laughs> that's one key then it's easy it's easy to be able to to do things like that but yeah, that is the key. You got to get, yeah. get to zero, right? You got to yeah. Debt, debt slavery is not good. Yes. Well, cheers to you, man. Because uh, <laughs> like you figured something out. You've, yeah, yeah. You've reached escape velocity. Um, <laughs> Dan, you're you're always welcome to to join the show. Give us updates on what's cool. going on with the Narcopoco and anything else you're working on. Appreciate awesome. it. We'll, we'll keep an eye on these. Uh, I guess the donations are probably. I don't. I don't. I don't know if people are going to keep donating or I guess maybe you'll give more information about what it's actually going to be used for now beyond water and food. Yeah. And yeah. Then- yeah. They keep, I mean, um, they have a, they have a telegram channel that a lot of people are in. That's a public channeling and they're, they're posting all of the receipts and everything from everything that's bought. So it's all very transparent as to where the money's going. Um, you know, Jeff's not controlling any of it. He's got several, people accounting like when I, cause I'm actually spending the money out of my bank account to go and do this stuff. And then they just wire me the money that I spent and, and reimburse me. So okay. yeah. as long as they're not sending you two men coins. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I would take them. I accept two men. <laughs> that's part of being, that's part of getting two men is you have to agree to provide uh, a service or good to the economy. That that's the only requirement to entry for Tumen is that you have to agree to be a Tumenista and accept and you know interact with the economy. That's good. That's good. Yeah, it's, uh, they're trying to build their own circular economy. Yeah, I mean, we can argue about their oh hey counterfeit this or that or whatever. I mean, they've been doing it for thirteen years and it's still working. So right, right, right. Uh, you know, it's not my it's not my place to tell them how to run their economy. We just gave them the tool to to try to digitize it. Right. And like you said, maybe yeah. they eventually move on to something else that's something yeah. more, more yeah. secure or whatever. Right. Uh, Danny, thank you so much, man. We're going to keep moving along. Obviously, you're welcome to stay if you can. Awesome. Otherwise, we'll... Uh, oh, I've got stuff to do. I've got to go. I'm going to go pick up some uh, kids from the Marsh home and take them up to Jeff's house to help us make uh, packages to pass out. So, All right. Cool. Yeah, awesome. I thought it was important. We've been able to do that. Uh, I went and got them one day and they helped us make a bunch of packages. And then I took them with us in the van and we let them pass the stuff out to people oh, so that sorry. they would, because we're, their, their life situation is people are always bringing stuff and giving it to them. And they're, they're of the mindset that people just give me stuff. I wanted them to be able to be the ones to give to other people, to, to give them a different perspective on giving and not just be the person that receives all the time. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right, man. All right, All right man. Thanks. Always great yeah. time. Nice talking with you. <laughs> All right. Cheers. We'll be we'll be in touch about Arcapoca. Maybe we can make it down there. All um, right, man. All right. Cheers. Bye. Awesome. Cool. All right. Shall we move on to the dev segment? I think comrade there. Yes, yes, we'll move on to the dev dev, uh, dev segment. Yeah, and, uh, no, no, no. Talk about the news and all the CCS stuff. And now for the Monero development segment. Hey, how have you been? Hey, how's it going, Conrad? Nothing much. Well, 
it, the full break is over, sadly. So I have, I will have so much more things to do. Next oh, week. you you had a break from school? Uh, yeah, this week was a full break. Oh, okay, okay, all right. Well, I'm sure you got you got to enjoy it, right? You got to. Uh... Yeah. Well, basically, uh, currently in Hungary, the winter and the fall breaks uh, are a bit longer than usual because the the government doesn't want to pay the schools for uh, the heating. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, so they're, they're, well, they're, they're... It, ha- Hungary is is about forty five thousand. Let me let me convert it because in in EU and in Hungary the billions and the millions are uh, messed up. One second, I think this much. So one second, about this much. Wait, one second. That's that much of what? No, uh, so forty five thousand billion uh, huf in in debt. The government, like the whole state, Hungary. Oh, the the, the GDP. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, well, not the GDP, the the whole country. And they are forcing, not forcing, but uh, recommending parents to buy the Hungary, uh, Hungarian the government stock to replenish that money, which is uh, stolen from the governmental, uh, well, safe bank. I, I don't know what to call it because uh, our government is not a bit, but far more corrupt than it, it's seen from other parts of the world. So just another corrupt government. All right. Yes. Uh, well, let, let's 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 focus on uh, the yeah. things that we we do have some understanding, yeah. which is yes. So, so uh, I've got some words on the uh, CCS too. So uh, as well, Alaska, okay. we'll we'll talk about that later. Sure. Sure. Present, sure. Uh, this week's dev report. Sure. I know we're going to talk about the Seraphis wallet. I guess before you. Because somebody had posted an update on that. If you could just give us an update on the Seraphis wallet, maybe if you want to first talk about what Seraphis is and then mention what what the Seraphis wallet project is. Sure. Uh, so Seraphis and uh, Gemtis really the next hard fork uh, of Monero, which was uh, expected to be uh, around next year, maybe Q two or three, but that won't happen uh, as the Developer said, maybe a year later. I I think it will be around uh, 20, uh, 25 Q one or two maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so basically the improvements uh, are privacy focused. So uh, as you see, the ring sizes uh, really uh, expanded to uh, one to eight decoys instead of sixteen. So that's that's a really big jump in in decoys. Uh, simplified addresses, well, not ba- not so simplified because the, currently we have ninety five character addresses, and that will be around two hundred characters. But uh, the main address, sub addresses, and in- integrated addresses will be replaced with uh, one address, and uh, that will have uh, an RID, a recipient. Uh, address which you can identify the address by so you don't have to read the whole address in 200 characters to compare it to the one that you are trying to send so maybe crypto clippers you know you have to uh, uh, verify that the address you are sending to is the one that you want to send to uh, it's it will be uh, much more modular than the current version of Monero so they won't have to do uh, 
uh, so much hard forks uh, from now on, but they will be uh, able to implement the changes easier. Uh, there will be support for view-only wallets, uh, so people will be only able to see outgoing transactions uh, and not incoming ones, because currently we only have incoming uh, view-only support. Right, they'll be able to see both now. With, yes, with yes. Uh, the third-party transaction scanning services uh, that can see the transaction amounts, I kind of don't get what that would be, but... I'm... Yeah, that's like uh, that's like my Monero right now has the my Monero yeah. server which uses the view key. So yeah, they'll, they'll, now they'll be able to use this new, this new essentially view key that's going to be created with Surface, uh, but to do it in a more privacy preserved. Yeah, I, I'll be fascinated to see that, and of course the simplified generation of new addresses, uh, which of course used be uh, will be used by shop software like the bazaar that uh, you want to create. Yes, cool. And then so, all right, what's this? What's this? Yeah, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, so what, what is the Seraphis uh, wallet that we've been hearing about? And then I think this week there was a post giving an update on it. We can skip forward to that and we will get back. So basically the Seraphis wallet would be a code in the core Monero uh, implementation, which would help wallets like Monarujo, uh Cake and other words like Monero GUI implement surface and the surface uh, address mechanics uh, in all way. Currently, as, as they say, it will be one year old, but uh, they haven't had uh, much done about it currently. Mm-hmm. But uh, they they will fasten up their projects uh, in the second year, so 2024. So uh, as I said, maybe it will be done in 2025, Q1, Q2, maybe Q3, but that's not fixed yet. So basically, uh, the designer UKO HB uh, and the inventor surface uh, sets about, as you see, two years uh, to implement surface and Gemtis, but that won't happen, uh, as said previously, and. Uh, he haven't had the uh, the competence to to do it as as you can see here. So they invited uh, more developers to to help in the project, but uh, much of them quit because they haven't had the competence either to it, the, to do it. But Jay Berman, uh, Dangerous Freedom, and the other ones are cur- currently uh, trying to fasten up the process. So Jay Berman okay. created a scanner uh, which reads uh, through the blockchain uh, from a specific height and uh, it uh, almost sorts or finds uh, all the outputs that belong to a uh, given monitor address satire. Uh, yeah, basically a software that scans the, the blockchain and sorts out all the outputs from a given address. Okay, so basically, it's um, it's this this new part of the protocol that they're developing. So uh, those develop developers that are creating actual wallets that applications will be able to to use this 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 new wallet portion of the Monero protocol. Yeah. So basically, it's it's not a wallet app which uh, Surface is creating, but rather rather a code in the Monero core which will be able 
to be implemented uh, in the other wallets like Minaruju, uh, Cake, uh, Ananero, and the others. So they will be able to support Surface and Gemtis updates. Awesome. Exciting to see. Yeah, I guess uh, they didn't make as much progress as they were hoping to make, but it looks like they're you know still steadfast. And it, it, they made it, from my reading of it, they made it sound like they're ready to now make some significant progress moving forward. Yeah, so as, as written here almost... Uh, there is no, I, I can't, can't seem to find, find it, but there, there is no prototype yet. So we are far from ready to, to have Surface implemented, but I, I think they are trying really hard and fast to, to be able to release it. But uh, in its current form, Monero is, is not vulnerable uh, so much that it it would require surface, so it's it just an addition. But we will have in the future, so no reason to worry. All right, good stuff, man. Good stuff, and I'm sure we'll have uh, you know some of these characters on the show again soon. Uh, Jay Berman can. We'll, I'm sure we'll get him on soon. He could give us uh, updates on what's going on. Uh, we'd love to get Co on again soon. Here and, what's going on. And, and also, we we need to get Tavador too. Yes, 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 yes. We tried. I don't, I don't think he's. I don't think he's really looking to be public. I'm not sure. Yeah, we had him on years ago, uh, he, uh, via voice only, and when we were when Random X was first being implemented, uh, we reached out to him recently. I don't think he wants to jump on. But yeah, we yeah we he, he does treme- tremendous work in the Monero community. Um, yeah, I agree. Now he's he's be a big part of the Seraphis implementation. So all all exciting things, and I know I know um, Jay Berman actually gave a presentation yesterday, or I guess it was Thursday in Chicago at the Monero meetup. I think we'll mention that la- later in the show, uh, but I'm sh- I assume this is some of what he talked about. So I don't know if that's if that was recorded. I hope it was, and then we could we could all tune into that and see what he had to say. But like I said, I'll try to get him on, on, a, on a full Monero talk too to get an update. Nice. I, I think we can get back to the uh, frequently asked questions about Surface. So as the first one said on their website, uh, VLD XMR address uh, uh, change in use of people. Yes, it, it will be because the 95 character addresses will be uh, changed by a about 200 character one uh, will result in a new and old Monero such as in Bitcoin or Bitcoin Cash. It's not likely because then we would have two Moneros and it would be a mess. <laughs> uh, will the old coins be uh, spendable too? So the I think they are referring to the coins uh, before Surface, like currently. Yes, it, it, it will be usable and they won't they don't want anyone to lose their cash, probably. Uh, the current seed phase uh, will still work because they they don't change uh, the mechanics of Monero from that side. So the seed phase will be still the same, but it won't refer to uh, the current 95 character public address. Uh, the mechanics of Monero mining won't be changed, so miners don't need to change anything uh, other than their address in the mining, mining software. Uh, and if someone mistake, would mistakenly somehow send XMART on all address, uh, that couldn't happen because the wallets that uh, will have Surface implemented will be uh, 
limited to only surface addresses. So they won't be able to send uh, one error to other 95 character old addresses. Um, how will someone be able to check the address that uh, they sent to uh, if it will be 200 charts long, characters long? Uh, as as I previously mentioned, there will, there will be an IRID identifier, uh, which will be a 25 character alphanumerical uh, text that will look like something like this. I think it's even better than a current Monero address because you can see it through because of the dashes. Uh, the new surface wallets uh, will be able to read Monero uh, worth files. So cu the current Monero wallet files uh, will be able to read in by the surface wallet, probably. Uh, but I think they have no reason uh, to make it not get the file of the current Monero wallets. Uh, and will, will someone be able to send more funds to an existing paper wallet? So as as mentioned, paper and any other wallet seed phrases won't change, but the the 95 characters uh, long uh, addresses will. So in order to in order for someone to send uh, their funds to a paper wallet, they would have to recover their paper wallet using their seed to get the new 200 character mm. address. So yeah, yeah. That, that, that would differ. Uh, basically, you have to create another paper wallet to send your funds to and then use it like that. Sorry. All right. Good good stuff, man. Yeah, ba basically, uh, you know, the, those that have old, old Monero seed, seeds laying around, you, you know, like what we said earlier, you, you might want to move your Monero anyway. Uh, but you don't have to worry about it. It's not like, you know, that the seeds are being deprecated. It's just the, the actual addresses. So, for yep. example, we have a Monero address, donation address posted on our show. Uh, once Seraphis is implemented, that address is no longer going to work. You'll, you'll no longer be able to send Monero to that address. We're going to have to update that with the new uh, Jamtis Seraphis yep. address. And uh, we, uh, have, we put addresses on our gratuitous coffee bags for people to donate. Those addresses are no longer going to work. Uh, but the Monero that's that's going to these addresses, it's still there. It's not going to disappear. As long as you have your seed, you're good to go. Nothing's changing with your seed phrase. And you'll be able to generate new addresses from those seed phrases. And likely there will be a phase where both uh, current and Jamtis addresses will be uh, usable as the user is the best beta tester. I'd recommend the most people to use their current addresses when that phase happens because uh, anything, any bugs could result to loss of funds. All right, let's move on. I see everybody's waiting to talk about the, the big topic. So we're going to move, move ahead. All right, man? Uh, yeah, sure. Thanks just, again. Just Appreciate the basic... Just the basic uh, projects yeah. to look for, and and of course the surface and jump this what we are still waiting on Luke uh, to come on the show. He still doesn't have time because of work, uh, but I'll try to get him some work through uh, a person that I I know, and uh, of course the stats the Monero at the moment is writing. Finally, uh, the hash rate uh, stopped dropping, oh. and it stayed the same. Wait, you stop showing the thing. Comrade, we're going to move along, man. Um, Sinita, sure. Let's move along to the next segment. See people getting impatient. They want to talk about the CCF. And we'll continue to talk about Seraphis. We'll talk about it, I'm sure, a lot a lot more as we get closer to the implementation 
and we'll get the actual devs on to give a presentation. We'll be doing full Monero talks with them. Comrade Matt, appreciate it. Thank you. Stick around if you can to talk about the CCS hack and all that stuff. All right. Awesome. I, I'll, I'll be here. So. All right, cool. All right, cool. Thanks. All right, uh, we'll move on to the news. And now for our weekly news segment. Okay, you got links. Let's let's just uh, let's combine this with the viewers on stage. You want to bring everybody up, Sunita? Okay. Anybody that wants to come up now is the time. We'll talk about CCS stuff. Maybe some other news news items. We'll go through first. Okay. It's the viewers on stage segment. It's that time where we invite you, the viewers, up on stage to comment on anything you've heard so far today, ask the guest a question, or maybe talk about one of the news topics. Come on down. Right, all right, all right, guys, jump on up. Now's the time if you want to talk about the Monero CCS hack. All right, all right. I see people jumping on. Nice, 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 nice. What's going on, guys? Sunita, is there any um, any non-Monero CCS news that we want to mention first? Um, if you're seeing those links, I don't know what what we got up there. Oh, you could uh, bring up bring up. Oh, the the meetup. We can do that maybe. Yeah, go ahead, share that. Oh, wait, is that the meetup? The Chicago Monero meetup that was just that just happened this past Thursday. Looks like they all had a great time. Pretty successful. Yeah, that was a big success. I think Vic said there were like fifty people there. Super cool. Uh, unfortunately, we weren't able to go. Womp womp. Make it. I know it looks great. Looks like we had a nice turnout. That's girl gone crypto, right on the left. Yeah, she went. Awesome. That's cool. That's cool. It's nice to see. See Justin over there. Mm-hmm. Some other familiar faces. Um and yeah, I don't know what they gave their present, what the presentations were on. Uh, I know Justin presented, and uh, would love love to see that. So Justin hopefully Berman. they'll post those soon. Yeah, um, those are the pictures that they shared. I'm assuming yeah. they have more. Yeah, I think Justin presented on uh, what we were just talking about. Actually, I believe Seraphis related yeah. stuff, and I think maybe full membership proofs, which, which is super cool. Um, all right, let's let's get into the Monero CCS. Though. I know we have other news, but let's just talk okay. about we'll talk about um, stop wasting everybody's time here because I think everybody's waiting to talk about that. Um, so guys, you show first? who do we got on stage here? Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, hello. You know, how's it going, man? You know, life is good over here because I don't have my crypto on a Windows mean, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, Sunid, you can le- you can leave this this open. one right. Yeah, wallet incident. Okay. So Alaska, you know, what's what's your take given everything that's that's happened? What are you what are you thinking about this whole situation? We'll see how good David is at not interrupting, but um my take is for one, um just because we have some incredible modern iterations on ways to be your own banker and stuff, there's a lot of reasons why we shouldn't throw the baby out with the bathwater. I proposed about three years ago. Um, that all open source software technologies, you know, Monero included, um, they have, it's not even so much that there's not enough funding. It's that certain projects steal the spotlight and other projects that could be funded with a couple hundred dollars in a day. They have nowhere to go to request like $200 or something like that. And these are things that hundreds and hundreds of other dependencies could benefit from. So I floated a while ago, you should have two or three or maybe even four 
open source software foundation. And those, uh, actually, the the Magic Monero fund that Luke and those other guys are doing are like right on par with what it is that I'm I'm describing. But basically, you have trusted elements within the community that are operating under fiduciary law and transparency law. Um, and and you could fund all kinds of open source software projects. Um, and then the second side to that is whenever you build a trust, you try to make it where it's generating its own revenue, right? With diversified assets under management. So for example, like maybe it owns 2% of a mining company or, and it's getting paid dividends. And you just make a point to have a self-sufficient open source software funding machine that that was the entire idea behind get graphene os or i mean i got a couple of companies that i literally only built them to provide a consistent revenue stream for things like open source software um but those two ideas would merge together really well much better than just a couple of people holding a wallet you know like that's that is such an old way of doing things like from just a knowledge of banking perspective it was this was destined to happen yeah let, let, let's talk about the incident first before we get into uh, moving forward what we should be doing different ways of raising money what what do you think about just the hack itself what went down what's your take on that how they were how they were running I'm, I'm like an inherently very skeptical person like how do how do I even know that you know that is in fact the way that the wallets were kept? How do I even know that there's not five or six Luigi's or what you know? To me, they're just people on a computer screen that I've seen in you know. Well, not in this case, but you know, it's people on the internet that have like done a a, a yeah. video with somebody or whatever. And very few people even have the time to audit things like view keys and all of that. Um, and so it's hard for us to even know what actually happened, right? And it's hard for us to know that if they were, in fact, storing them in the ways that they say, or if other things happened with, you know, when Fluffy Pony was being attacked by the government, right? Like, we don't really know all of the players involved if there's this, like some secret gag order. If maybe, you know, Luigi's been compromised in some sort of way where they have like his daughter hostage. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I guess the bottom line is 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 we don't we don't know. Random X Explorer, what's going on? You there, Random X Explorer. What an awesome name, by the way. <laughs> Are you there? Shortwave Surfer, you wanna chime in? What'd you what'd you think about the the, the yeah. hack itself before we get into what should be done to to fix the situation moving forward? When I saw that, my first uh, when I first saw the, the the number, my first thought was, "Ouch, that has to hurt." Um, the fact that he was using a Windows machine at all, um, I think that was probably the biggest problem. Um, the Ubuntu part was a bit of a problem because he had it. I guess he had it online, from what I understand. But the fact that he was using a Windows machine as a hot wallet, like he was using the Linux machine to hold the main thing, and then he was transferring funds to a hot wallet on the Windows machine. And I mean, using Windows in a circumstance like this is just not a good thing because when Lord only knows what's in Windows, we don't know because it's proprietary. You can't pick apart all that code. What do you, you know, guys think when, about you know, the fact that uh, it was Luigi and Fluffy Pony that had access to these seeds? Um, 
Well, what's your, what's your take on that? I mean, I, I saw both oh. the same guys. <laughs> oh, they just don't have icons. <laughs> I saw Fluffy getting attacked brutally on Twitter, uh, which was, I think, unfortunate to see, given all the work this guy has done for the community. People just assuming the worst without any evidence. Um, but yeah, fact is, these guys did ha- did know what the seed phrase was. Just curious, what what people are thinking about that? Hey guys. Sorry, I had to take care of the fire in the house. Uh, question, um, do we actually know how the hack happened? So I, when I read it, I, I understand that actually this is still unclear. Uh, yeah, no, we, 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 don't, we don't know. We just know that the, the coins were, were swept, right? Somebody had access to the private key and somebody used that to essentially create a wallet private key. Uh, oh, we have Andres as well. well. We'll get to that part of the story. Why I am not hearing anything. Sorry. Wait. You can't hear us? I don't know. Um, let's let's continue to talk about yeah, like the, what the hack and what people think about the setup that was being used, uh, the fact that two members of the community had access to the seed phrase. What are you guys thinking about this? So I just want to point out like... So I've been into like not so much digital security, but just security in general for a really long time. And the thing is, is like when people jump to conclusions about the things that they do actually know. Well, the thing is, is like either one of these guys could, you know, they probably have friends coming and going. Those people probably already know about XMR. And the thing is, is like any one of those friends in some kind of bad relationship or whatever may have just been like yeah i'm gonna take i'm gonna take all the monero out of this wallet there doesn't even like the hack could have been just somebody had access to one of their right you know like we have no idea right now yeah it could have right which is why yeah moving forward we may need to do things like like utilizing multi-sig right um so it can't just be one guy with the seed that can be compromised um sunita do you want to bring up the blog post that Justin put up where he's he's been and Blin. Don't forget Blin. Blin Blin was part of that? No, add Blin. <laughs> oh yeah, you could you could bring up other people that are in the backstage, Sunita. Oh wait, did Sunita go away? <laughs> I think she went away. Andres, what's going on, man? <laughs> she had enough. Ah, uh, everything's good. How are you? Good man. Thank you. I'm actually a bit delayed because I was walking uh, to my house on time to appear here and I got interrupted by um, basically one of the presidential candidates that we have in Argentina suddenly it was a rally like 10 blocks from my home and all the all the streets were closed <laughs> I had to take a big um, thing around but yeah uh, such a sad thing what happened with the CCS and we don't know anything about it. So, yeah, I mean, uh, how, how do you, I guess the first question I've been asking everybody, I mean, how do you feel about the, the hack itself? It's, uh, I mean, it's one of those things that we know so little about it that it's just jumping into conclusions. I'm not saying that we won't know um, in the future, but it could be from the easiest and most stupid and obvious and really bad explanation which is someone just stole stolen the, the CCS money. One of the custodians, we don't know. 
uh, I tend to err on the side of that everybody is a good person, not a bad person. So I don't think it's fair after all the um, all, all all what I don't know. Fluffy, for example, has done through the years, or or Luigi handling the CCS money for so many years. All of a the sudden, they turn evil and exit scam everybody. So that's not fair. I think unless you have any proof. On the other side, the details about how the security was handled are kind of weird or you would uh, you would assume that um, people like are very hardcore monero from the <laughs> oceans have like the best security setup ever for su such kind of funds and it looks like it wasn't the case so a, a bit of negligence there but at the same time there is i mean there's so much you can do because if you do like the perfect security setup is basically un unstable. Uh, you cannot use it. It's just th those are funds that need to be first gathered and then you need to be able to transfer them on kind of a regular basis. It's not like a really uh, cold wallet. You need to pay people that do work for the CCS. So from time to time, you you are bound to be exposed. And and I think it's one of those uh, places when you can see some of the little things that are still not totally ironed out in Monero. For example, multisig is... I, I'm not even sure that if multisig works properly or it's just too cumbersome to use, but basically nobody uses multisig in Monero. Yeah, Almost nobody. Right now, supposedly have a, a, a solution right now for enterprises. I haven't tried it yet, uh, but that's, that's something... On the other side, you have hardware wallets. Uh, we don't have a, like a native open source hardware wallet for Monero, so you're, it's more secure towards some kind of attacks, but at the same time, you are trusting the, the code, uh, the security element of Ledger or the code uh, from Trezor. And it's been known that if you have a physical access to the Trezor, also you can get compromised. So there's no perfect solution. Uh, what I do think is that it's a very expensive learning <laughs> learning opportunity, very expensive, but maybe we can design a better CCS. Uh, my opinion is not that we don't need a CCS, uh, but we, we can make it better. Uh, in the case of, for example, Monerujo, we already done our own funding system that is totally based on CCS and the work that somebody else did as well. I know that not everybody can do that because you need some kind of uh, prestige of in the community to trust you that you're actually going to do what, whatever you ask you ask the people funds uh, to do. But uh, the goal of Monero is always decentralized. So if we can decentralize a bit more the security of the CCS, if we can decentralize opportunities for funding like the Banti system that... that um, that we have that Seth, I think, set up decentralizing stuff more and more. But I think it's sad. I say I think it's sad. I think it's sad that we lost so much money <laughs> in the meantime. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, I had money in there that was waiting to be collected from the CCS that I did year, years started years ago, and I've been I've been waiting to basically submit at a time when I thought I had achieved enough. Uh, which I certainly think I have. Yeah, me too. Yes, but I, you know, that, that money's gone now. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I was relying on it. It's something that gave me the motivation to do everything I did and take all the risks that I've taken along the way. Look, 
happen with that. I, I heard discussion that they might take money now from the general fund, right, and use that to pay out CCSs that were stagnant, that didn't get paid out for the tax happened. Yeah, of course, of course, I'm an interested party in the whole thing because I am also in the middle of a, a CCS project. Uh, I was just weeks ago from collecting my first payment of the whole thing that I've written for the Monero Garden project. So, of course, I'm an interesting party. Uh, but for what I've read, yeah, the ongoing projects would be funded through the, the general fund. And I think it's, it's the right move. Uh, considering how much, how much uh, money that implies compared to how much they are in the, there is in the general fund, which is basically a general fund. The, the, the usage of those funds are always up to discussion. You know, it's not like oh, they were meant for something else than development around Monero that is supposed to be go through the CCS. So it's unfortunate, but I don't think it's a it's a big issue for now. But looking forward. I'm already seeing, I can imagine a lot of discussion about how we, 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 are, we are going to do this in the future. Because, and, and with, with, with total reason, I mean, uh, people are not just going to, to, okay, let's donate to the next CCS and let's just handle the security the same way and let's have the same people. Um, it's, it's just not, not, not going to happen, in, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, my, my opinion is, because I, I see a lot of people talking about, like, you know, we should do this, we should do that. Anybody that has any ideas should just kind of go go off and, and start it, right? Like the the what's the one that Justin started? The Magic Crypto Fund. Um, he went ahead and started a, another way to 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 raise money for quote unquote community projects. Uh, Kuno exists, you know, that was just created by Anarchio, uh, and it's it's gaining organic adoption. Is it? necessarily the best tool to use for these purposes i don't know but it does it does fit some niche it's a super easy way to get up and running there's no gatekeepers with kuno you don't have to submit a proposal and then um for that you know wait for that proposal to get accepted or not there's really there there really are no gatekeepers anybody can throw something on there but that comes with you know cons as well right because now anybody could put a proposal up there that hasn't been vetted in any way i think that's really what the monero ccs offered more than anything else was this vetting process where you had core kind of picking and choosing what they saw as being projects worthy of receiving funding so they kind of yeah are gatekeepers for better not worse i'd say right i think some gatekeep some gatekeeping is good or you know, there's all different versions. You, you, the, the, the Kuno thing still exists. So if you don't want to go, if you don't want to go the, the the route of like a Monero type CCS, you could always do something like a Kuno. But I, I guess my, my 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 point is, I think we just need to see people take initiative, and if they want to see something being done a certain way, go ahead and build it. You know, yeah, totally. Some idea for some new way we should, that, we should on projects. Go ahead that's, and throw it. Uh, that's kind of what I was getting at before about how, you know, we we need to learn the lessons that Monero is here to teach in the first place, which is the fact that it it could even be known that there was this honeypot of lots and lots of anonymous money. You know, like you're you're the 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 lack of privacy about even the existence of this wallet was part of the problem. Right. You know, I don't I don't go broadcast how much I have in my house or whatever. Right. Like it's 
And that's one of the reasons why a foundation would have been the best model to carry out the CCS proposal, because you can document the available assets, you know, separate from the storage of the assets. And you could even store them in multiple different ways at multiple different times. You can keep them moving and all of that. Um, but it, it if you want both auditability and you want, you know, a, 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 a fund where people are vetted, I mean, this was certainly not the way to do it. You know, I, I've loved what the CCS has done, but I've never donated to it because it seemed like not the best way to carry this out from the beginning in my mind. Um, I mean, a lot of people who have been on the show know, like I, I do my donations directly, you know, I, and I try to make sure that whatever the resources I'm using to further the, the cause, um, they come from a place where nobody knows they exist and they end up directly in the hands of the person who needs the work done. Um, but like I was saying before, I mean, the, the security the threat model of this, even though, like I was saying before about like the Windows situation, the real threat model is the individual. The most trustworthy people in the entire world, you know, you can send them pictures of where their daughter goes to school and they start shaking, you know, or like somebody who really, really believes in a project like this. You can really mess with their head if you know where their water supply is and you know the right chemistry to do that. Like the human factor is always the weakest link and you know the, and the thing is is like it may have nothing to do with the digital security of these people yeah uh you're throwing out some, some scary thoughts there but it but, it, but it's true i do want to uh we're gonna i guess we'll be jumping around right so we're talking about concepts for what the monero ccs could be but let's let's let, let's talk about the hack a little bit more enter crypto is bringing up a point we shouldn't be accusing anybody at all, but it would be remiss of us not to seriously consider that the C was just stolen by one of the two parties that had access. Um, so that's that's the first thing that maybe people are thinking. Was it was it you know Fluffy or Luigi that just simply used the key and stole the funds? Me personally, I think we need to you know uh not assume the worst and give these people the benefit of the doubt given all the the tremendous amount of work that they've put into this open source project fluffy in particular from the early days uh luigi as well um i guess to alaska anon's point we don't even know if there's multiple if there are multiple luigis right but uh assuming these are these are the people we know that they've worked tirelessly on this project on monero itself so to not give them the benefit of the doubt and just throw them under the bus, I think it's I think it's disrespectful. Um, I think we need to. I don't think we should be assuming the worst about these people, even though the obvious. You know, you might want to say, "Well, they had the keys." Uh, that being said, I think there's some investigation that should be done, right? I think there's already been talk about getting access to the computer that Luigi was using, so it can be analyzed. Uh, and then maybe more can be learned from that. But I, I'd also say too, I mean, the, the the fact that it appears that the person who stole the crypto was kind of noobish about it and sloppy in what they did makes me think, you know, there, there's no way it was one of these two guys that just that just wouldn't make sense unless it's just like the perfect cover up, like right, like. Um, but. My understanding is, and Andres, maybe you could chime in here, but it, it looks, it appears like the person who stole the seed proceeded to 
likely use Monero wallet and use the new um, change feature built into it because of the way we saw the Monero outputs being broken up on the on the first transaction. Uh, yeah, do you, do you, do you want to chime in on that? Am I accurate in saying that? And it seems like odd behavior by somebody who had the ability to get access to this wallet. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm lacking the technical capabilities to really analyze like chain analysis of what Justin has done and how much he, the conclusions are, 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 um, are accurate. Uh, by the looks of it, it looks like that. I mean, it could also be someone passing. <laughs> you know, it's just like what you just say. Like, it could be someone just using the old version of the first version of Monerujo's pocket change. It could be something, someone like impersonating someone right. using pocket change, like manually doing like a pocket change <laughs> transaction. So it looks like pocket change. On this side, it doesn't look, I mean, I'm kind of flattered that like such a technical hacker managed to empty the wallets <laughs> of the of the core team and then using Monerujo to spend is like super badass advertisement. But it doesn't make much sense. I mean it doesn't look like a sophisticated like after after the fact um behavior. But we will see. I think it's really, really too early to, to be able to, to analyze properly what happened. And, and in a month, maybe I'll have someone announcing that they had the the money uh, and all of it. And uh, he, he was just trying to test if Monero is really that privacy focus that it, it cannot be traced in any way. <laughs> yeah. yeah they, okay. But let, let's, let's, let's say people, I mean, and I think Seth already tweeted about it that and somebody else did as well i don't remember who uh that yeah even though you can in fear i mean the first version of pocket change diminishes your privacy in some aspects because it created like a specific set amount of um of change back that doesn't mean it, it de-anonymize you it's changed it's changed now it's a random amount between uh, I think I think none basically or one and sixteen, uh, but this is a very special case when you have. I mean, basically, it's like you are trying to follow the money, your own money. You know what I mean? You have the the keys and the and the addresses on everything that was stolen, so you can you you know all the outputs that are going in through the transactions, and it's it's just a matter of being able to trace it after the fact. It's not like someone watching, like a third party watching yourself. We don't have access to, of, to all the information that we already have about the about the, the original wallet. It's just trying to guess which transactions go to whom, which would be the case for most people, you know. Yeah. To to add on to that, um, I've seen quite a few people. <clears throat> I've seen quite a few people on Twitter saying, "Oh, Monero apparently isn't all that private," and uh, even a few prominent personalities that seem to kind of make their brand on decontextualized um, statements and and sort of like just exaggeration about what the reality is. So yeah, I mean, the fact that we have the private keys and the view keys for this wallet has enabled some of the tracing that has been possible. Um, but the other thing too is that the the attacker- You're referring to the Chris Bleck uh, post, right? Yeah. That up. But go ahead. 
I mean, you know, I'm slightly salty because Blake blocked me after pointing out what the law says about a certain. Well, thing. he just seemed to be the ultimate concern troll. That's his whole mo. That's what he yeah. does uh, with any crypto, right? He's always attacking all, all these projects and, and pointing out the weaknesses. That's his his mo. Uh, but he also, you know, with the with the Monero community, I think he's he's used to going to these communities and pointing out these things and everybody going along with it. But I feel like the Monero community is a little bit more intelligent with what's going on uh and here he is trying to concern troll and it's like monero's or has always been well aware of this issue right it's not in denial of this we talk about it all the time so it's like for him to be like exposing it like it's new news it's like it's it's old news right we always knew there was this flaw but go ahead body yeah i mean i i like the way that um who who was it right now uh anyways one of the guys that that did like one of the main reports on the tracing was like, these are poisoned outputs because we know exactly what the outputs are. So because of that, you can make statistical inferences about what was the most likely transaction that actually happened. And as Andres pointed out, this this guy was apparently not very sophisticated in their understanding about how these, uh, about how outputs and ring signatures work. And if they had been, they might've just done something simple like, okay, after they swept all the funds, do a single transaction to dump it to a single wallet. And then from there, you're going to lose it in the noise, basically. So it didn't. It doesn't seem like they're sophisticated in that in that manner. And moreover, these are all tracing methods that were documented years ago in Breaking Monero. So it's like, it, yes, the the problem right now it's a PR kind of thing. People are like, oh, well, look, they're they're now the Monero people are tracing Monero, and it's like, uh, I know that this is too much nuance for Twitter. But no, this this is not like this is nothing new. And anyone that knows what they're doing. Oh, by the way, we've said for a long time that if you have a higher threat model, right, if you like this hacker obviously has a higher threat model, if you have a higher threat model, you're going to need to think about these things. If you're a darknet market vendor selling life saving insulin <laughs> in Bibles in China, uh, you know, you're, you're going to need to think about these kinds of things because no, Monero isn't perfect, um, which is, you know, again, more of a plug why we need to go to more rings and ultimately um full membership proofs. But uh, yeah, yeah, I just thought that that was important to bring And just the way Chris Beck plays it, right? It appears the chain analysis psychopaths have figured out how to do So this, the psychopath is Justin, right? Earnhardt of the Monero community who's been talking about this issue forever. So he he's he's not a chain analysis psychopath. He's a contributor to Monero that's been pointing out the flaw all along, which is the, the proper thing to do on a pro, in a project like this, right? Not to be in denial of these issues. Um, so to... First of all, to call chain analysis people psychopaths is just idiotic. Uh, it's an issue yeah. we're going to have to deal with. They're not necessarily psychopaths. They're people that are just doing the rational thing, which is using a tool. And they're using it to track and trace transactions if they can. Uh, that's and moreover, just, Justin is okay. only using techniques that he helped to document years right. ago. Right. And so so to, the, the idea of crypto isn't to hope that sociopaths don't. Don't track and trace. It's to build crypto that can't be tracked and traced. Wait till it's so exactly, so exactly. Chris, I mean, it's fun. It's fun to just say, "Hey, Justin went to the dark side." You know, it's it's all fun and good, but we cannot. <laughs> Monero is, is not funded and it's not developing <laughs> in the idea that everybody is going to play along with us and just leave us to be super private and nobody's going to try to trace anything. We shouldn't assume that. So the more that people try to break it, the better. We will find things to fix earlier. And if it's, uh, 
if it's friendly people doing the poking, even better, because we get another shot to fix it between, before the bad, the actual, the true bad guys do it. I mean, that's the way that I take it. So I think it's people take it. It's just like Bodhi says. I mean, one you cannot you cannot get any nuance on Twitter. That is totally true. Someone just posted yesterday a picture of a Bitcoin a Bitcoin school from Uruguay traveling here to Formosa, saying, "Hey, they're doing great things with Monero," and he got a floor a flood of like maxis saying oh i guess it's shit going season now wah, 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 wah. so it's like what the fuck no no people chill out chill out and a monero is not being traced it's not that that the monero community or the monero people have a switch that you can okay when they start they steal funds from us we can just trace monero and it was all like a lie no that does, it doesn't happen like that you know what's right. funny? Uh, Chris has a XMR support address. So basically, he, he wants to clown Monero about this uh, research uh, of Justin trying to figure out where the money went. And and he even has a XMR support address. So he basically... Yeah, well, he's, he's like that with all so the but, Yeah, and he could argue, you could argue that he doesn't care because he also has a Bitcoin address there yeah, for yeah, support. Yeah. So. Yeah. But his conclusion, his conclusion is that um, you know this is not good for privacy because uh, Justin is out there revealing this flaw and notifying exchanges to keep an eye out for this transaction. Yeah, so it, it, in a bo- is good for privacy because Justin is now uh, revealing the flaw and bringing it to our attention, so now we can improve the Monero protocol, yes. which we were already aware of anyway. But to to, to to pretend it doesn't exist in an incident like this wouldn't be doesn't make it better for privacy. Um, the, the the flaw is there, whether we want to ignore it or not. Um, you could even argue that he's helping someone uh, that may need this kind of privacy that to know what's the right. dangers that exactly. they are facing somehow. Yeah, for, the, for, the, for the next hacker, right? Give it a give it yes, a, 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 how to properly steal Monero. It's you so, still have the general so fund. The general fund Your mic is scary fast, and someone uh, and Sunita uh, especially uh, has their ears blown out by it. Hey, yeah, Andreas, turn your mic. Yeah, down. your mic is too yeah. loud. Sorry, guys, I had technical difficulties with my laptop, so now yeah, I'm on my yeah. phone. I was, I was just is it a bit better now? Sorry. Yeah, but your gain is super yeah. loud. So much better. So let, let's sorry for that. No, talk a little. I was being too loud in here. Oh, sorry. Oh. You're worth every. Uh, you're worth every every <laughs> decibel of hearing damage. Uh, your, your rants are many light years ahead of mine. And uh, uh, beats. Sorry, everybody. Sorry. No problem. And this is very polite s- from some, now on. Some rewinds. Uh, Alaskan on ma- ma- uh, mentioned uh, about an hour ago. That's uh, the last week I made the uh, presentation of the monitor signer and people didn't understand why it was necessary to have something like that. Well, oh, this, is yeah, why it's necessary. this is why it's necessary. <laughs> yeah, what's really hilarious is like he literally did a presentation last week on a way that this could have been completely prevented and it would have been totally impossible for exactly. any hack to take place. Like, and then the very next week we're talking about what do we do? <laughs> and, 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 and you know, what's the absolute 
scary thing that about half a million dollars was was stolen from the wallet, converted into USD. Like that kind of money could change someone's life forever. Yeah, it, it just disappeared like shit. Yeah, thirty thousand. Easy come, easy go, man. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, but probably it wasn't easy come. So yeah, so much people donated to that. Uh, like I said on the outside of the show, crypto can can be quite stressful. Yeah, yeah. Um, what Justin put together here though is really fascinating, and I guess that that is other news, right? So we know that Justin has uh, resigned from from Cake uh, and moved on to other projects. Um, it appears this is one this is one of the big things he's working on. This uh, Moon, what is it? What's it called? Moon Stoner Stoner Research, Moonstone Research. Um, so that's interesting to see. I'll try to get Justin on this week to do a Monero talk, to break this all down, to go over what exactly he was able to achieve with quote unquote tracing Monero's, uh, uh, ring signatures. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. It looks like they were able, he was able to go two transactions in and, and obviously this is all probabilistic, right? It's not like there's, you know, he's able to determine with any certainty, but with some probability, he's able to kind of pick out the the transaction that would likely have gone to an an exchange for exchanges to be on the lookout for. Um, yeah, do you guys have any further comments on this? What Justin has performed, and your, you know, your your thoughts on it? You know, it's, I think it's, it's good, super interesting, Go ahead, and I'm sure he put a, a huge amount of work into it. But the easiest way to figure this out is try to figure out who's been to one of those two guys' houses for the last three months, and then figure out if a bunch, if one of them just gets like a whole bunch of random shit shipped to their door, and you have your answer. You know, it's but, like, but the, pro- the problem is with posting the uh, IDs of the transactions now is that it's been almost three months, so the exchanges that possibly would have been able to. Uh, catch the money that was attacked and stolen, there is no reason or chance, I think, for any exchange to be able to catch it now. Probably in ca- the money is in cash right now. So, I mean, certainly maybe, but um, it, 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 that's kind of the reason why I'm thinking like anybody who has done this, if they've already liquidated all of it within three months, it's pretty much impossible to hide the fact that they've gotten a huge boost in their available income right like this i mean it's almost certainly going to be the case if we find out who did this that either it's going to end up being one of the two directly or it's going to be somebody that has like come and gone from their life in their house but then the other plausibilities are you know somebody figured out who is a likely candidate for being one of these two and found a way into the hot wallet or, uh, you know, some government agency or mafia type agency is putting pressure on one of these two people directly for reasons that we don't know right now. I mean, that's that's like 99% of anything that could have happened is one of those four things. Yeah, but if a different person stole the money, they, they don't have to be so much boosted in income, probably... If if I were the one who stole it, I, I'd spend it really slowly, so it's not noticeable. So, con, comrade, stop helping them. Stop <laughs> helping them, please. 
<laughs> well, uh, with the yeah, hacker, well, please jump up on stage. Please jump up. Yes. On stage. Yeah, yeah. Well, tell us your story. Tell us your story. We won't even come after you. It'd be really interesting to yeah, know well, all this hear what's going on. Yeah, well, and anyone with yeah, well, the, and, anyone with the minimum IQ points of eighty would do the same. I think. Look, the Monero uh, community has a deep <laughs> sense of respect for red team players. Like, I think a lot of us have been involved in pen testing at one point or another. We don't even hate the guy who stole all of this money. It would be yeah. really cool to find out how. Yeah, well, you know, we both hate him and not. Rise to Liberty it's, saying, it's, what is Rise to Liberty saying, what is the biggest takeaway we can look at from this entire situation? Uh, and Enter Crypto is saying, I think the biggest takeaway is that we need a better way to fund CCS going forward. Yeah, exactly. I think you know that that's that's what will come out of this, right? It was a tragic event, uh, but we'll use that to our advantage to in two ways. One, um, to fix the the privacy flaw that Monero has with ring signatures, which we were already aware of, but it it brings it even more to light, uh, makes it more of a concern. Obviously, everybody's already focused on that with Seraphis and increasing the ring sizes and then eventually adding full membership proofs, which would make all of this completely irrelevant. But it does it does add more, I think, momentum towards that. And then the second thing is is fixing how we do funding in the Monero ecosystem. Um, and my my like I said, my take my suggestion is that I think those things just need to happen organically. It's not about um you know, all agreeing on we need to do it this way. It's about trying all different ways and seeing this as an opportunity to offer these different services to the community. For example, Kuno, like I said, exists. Is that the solution? I don't think so. But maybe there's some hybrid there. Um, even with XMR Bazaar, we're experimenting with multisig. We've made some progress with it. It's actually the same guy who built Kuno. And we're talking about how to add Kuno-like fundraising to XMR Bazaar that would also utilize multi-sig, but not as easy said as done, because if you're trying to do multi-sig with all the donors, that's not going to be very practical. Um, I'm sure there, there's other ideas out there. We, we talked about the Magic the magic Monero Fund or whatever. I always forget the name. What is that thing called? The Magic Fund or the... Anybody know that? I don't, I don't it know. It is Magic Monero Fund. Magic Monero Fund. The Magic Monero Fund, which is a solution that already exists. So I think maybe a lot of energy maybe will get pushed towards that. People seeing that as a viable thing. And then whatever else anybody comes up with. But I think it's about sitting and waiting for uh, Core to tell us, you know, this is what we need to do. Uh, just let these solutions organically come to the surface. Andres, one of the solutions that that's popped up is what you guys have done, right? At Monero with how you guys... We're trying to raise money for some of your features. I think that's yeah. an example of something. Has that caught any traction? Has that gained traction? Yeah, totally. It got more. Um, do I sound okay now? I cannot lower it anymore. Okay. It's fine. Go uh, ahead. It's fine. Uh, yeah, basically everything got funded. It got more traction. The, the funding part got more traction than the working part. <laughs> we are way behind schedule with what we promised, but yeah, it worked. But uh, again, and I don't how, think. How does that work? Is it like a Kickstarter where the funds go back if people don't fully fund it, or it's just no, no? That's that's the. Ah, this is so nuanced. Everything. Just sorry for my English, but um, this that's one of the the important parts of the CCS because it's not only the the, the technical way that it works. It's it's also that. In a way, if 
fewer donated to the CCS. You, and, and I think it's good for middle size at least uh, kind of projects, you know, when many, a lot of funds may be, may be raised and you still are perhaps months away from the, from the delivery of the thing that you are funding, okay? So, you know, and I happen, it had happened in, in the past that someone proposes something, they never complete the task and the funds that were donated to the CCS for that specific um, project got back to another CCS after, after a lot of time, you know, but otherwise that, the money would have been lost or even to the general fund, you know. So using the CCS, it's a bit of a guarantee. I know it's centralized and it depends on some, a few, a few, a few people. But if you're donated to the CCS, you know that the money is not going nowhere, basically. That if you're paying for some guy and the guy just disappeared, the money goes nowhere. And with a, with, a, with, a, with a coin like Monero, which is so private in practice, there is not a, like a little detail. That, that, that's something that I, I know that has encouraged many people to donate to the CCS because they see, well, worst case, this doesn't get fulfilled. But something else will, you know, yeah. and it's and it's kind of better by the by the core committee. So it's not the same as Monerujo. In Monerujo, you have to trust us. It's just like an around CCS. I mean, we get the money, and we are the the thing that we are doing for transparency. You see, is the same thing that happens with CCS. We have a wallet with a view key that everybody can say can see how much money got in, but they cannot see how much got out. That's and it's an, and that's the sorry, but that's the, the key detail that here I haven't haven't listened or read anybody talking about this in this specific specific case, which is something that if Seraphis doesn't break everything and Monero like explodes, is one of the few things uh, of the of the things that are going to change a lot because with Seraphis you are supposed to have view wallets that you can also see uh, yes. money going out. Right. So right now, so right now the CCS. Let's imagine I I am in control of the wallet of the CCS, and I can put put out all the view we all the view keys that I want, and people can monitor all the money coming in. I can I can monitor. I can create a view only wallet and make it very secure, so the money is not at risk, and I can check it every day to see how much money got in. But since I cannot see how much money gets out. The moment that the wallet is most, most vulnerable is the moment that I have to send money. So maybe, it's, and this what happened in this case, I'm only noticing the money that is gone three weeks when after you, the fact that it's gone. Yeah. When I have to send send it to someone. Of course, when you have to check the wallet. And yeah, learn. and that's the most vulnerable pay, pay moment of the wallet because the wallet is unlocked and ready to, to send funds. That's the moment where anybody could send funds anywhere. So with a view-only wallet with Sarah, that you can also see uh, money going out. That's a good monitoring system because many people can just check it regularly without having access to actually spend funds from that wallet. And if we see something like this, you you notice it right away. Yeah. Um, Rewinding to Alaskan, uh, you said that we don't hate the hackers. We do hate them, but we praise them. Yeah, Red Team, uh, I mean, you could really think of it as like the world's greatest bug bounty if it actually was a hack. Yeah. I mean, I remain convinced it's probably not a hack. 
but yeah well you know, there was something you know. like this with uh, metamask maybe a few months ago that he didn't click any official links or anything just your uh, funds were stolen actually my my funds some of them it was 500 dollars in two nfts are just gone so yeah i mean you know this one of the reasons why it's like uh i mean body hit the nail on the head i realized like having a separate computer with cubes on it amazing little birdie told me that yeah, maybe something and, we do around um, here maybe but maybe the it thing is, is it like a graphene phone that you know is even just in airplane mode it, i mean the, the security model of just having a graphene phone with just a regular you know, like Monero.com wallet slash cake wallet or Monero or I mean, the, the the level of security you get out of just using a normal graphene phone that is set aside for that purpose. It is nearly equivalent to tails because the way that graphene is built, right, it's everything is already compartmentalized, like the permissions are extremely strict, like that security model by itself would eliminate the potential for just about any kind of hack you can think of. I mean, in fact, the Israeli government were complaining, what, not even like a year and a half ago at how they absolutely hated the fact that graphene couldn't be penetrated by Pegasus. That's the I, most advanced red team like applications out there is Pegasus. And even Pegasus can't get a graphene phone without somebody doing something absolutely like beyond retarded. So the thing is, is like the security model is almost certainly not the problem that, you know, we don't have easy to use, highly accessible. I mean, body is right. You know, having like a cold computer with cubes is probably the top tier that you could possibly hit. But, you know, a graphene phone is just about as good. And anybody, anybody can know how to do that. So, I mean, solar I think, down, solar I think, down the Wi-Fi chip from the phone. I think Ananero is actually kind of designed for this. Um, it's a wallet yeah. that goes through Tor, and the whole thing, the whole thing with it is that you can get a uh, a version of it that only lets you do offline signing through QR codes. So yeah, the wallet, the seed itself, is completely offline, and then you have to sign through scanning QR codes. Yeah, it's basically a phone hardware wallet. Yeah, I'm honestly on the fence about um, which is more secure, cubes or graphene. Um, all other factors being equal, um, it's probably graphene, guys. Like these, especially like on a new, a brand new Pixel 8, they've mitigated entire classes of vulnerabilities, um, particularly memory vulnerabilities. Um, so, like if you had a dedicated laptop that you only run cubes and you have anti evil made protection, um, just like the base install of cubes and you only use it for like specific crypto operations should be extremely secure. Um, even if you connect that computer online, uh, as opposed to like, you know, a graphene phone. Uh, the thing is that the biggest problem is the hardware and the firmware. You have just massive open vulnerabilities on basically yeah, it's, all desktop. It's really about the core systems. boot functionality that you can get out of cubes that you can't get out of a, out of a pixel phone that like, you know, when you're talking about Intel management engines and proprietary firmware, I mean, I'd have to say that there's a lot of laptops and desktops out there where you can have yeah, but, better uh, firmware. You mentioned the Pixel 8 uh, about a few seconds ago that it's patched. 
and all that. Like uh, Pixel 8 wouldn't be the best choice because it's expensive. It's a really expensive phone. And most people don't have the money just to spend it on a hardware wallet-like phone. Then I'd use Monero Signer, uh, probably. And also, if someone yeah, wants to... You can get a pretty beefy laptop to just yeah. put cubes on with open yeah. source firmware and all of that yep. to kill the yeah. Intel management engine. I mean, uh, to me, that's just the best way to do yeah, it. And, and, and of course, if someone wants to use the Pixel for uh, daily usage too, then then for the EU people, it wouldn't be the best choice because in EU, their uh, 5G is useless because we use other bandwidth bandwidth. Would, would it make sense for wallets like Cake Wallet and Monero to develop a way to generate a wallet offline that you can then send your Monero to from like another version of the well, app? I think I think the problem as a I feature the problem is, is like, you can jit- cool little thing to do that would potentially add some security mm-hmm. if you wanted to in an easy way generate a fresh wallet offline where you you feel like you know there there's no corruption that could have taken place in terms of it being connected to the internet when the seed was generated just curious people well, have thoughts about if that would make you sense should, you should be able to generate the seed itself by just disconnecting the phone from the internet and then just doing that but that yeah. doesn't mean that as soon as you reconnect it that it's gonna that's gonna still be offline that's the problem no you would then delete the wallet right you would then delete the, the wallet the app, right? the app just, will let you generate the seed with no internet connection and then all you'd have to do is delete the wallet but you have to have yeah, the seed written tried. down somewhere and then use the view key can you do that on cake and Minerju? can you do that offline generate the i know yeah. technically yeah, like, yeah. the app should be able to do it but can you do it like um probably but i think as short faith surfer said that it would probably be on the internet a few seconds. Oh, no, the idea is you would then write down the seed, right? So you'd send yeah, and then and, and you'd the wallet, you'd, delete the wallet. Yeah, that, then it it would probably work. Yeah, yeah. Andres, what do you think about that? I was just trying to demonstrate it online, but um, again, I don't think I don't think the, that Monerujo or or Greg uses like any any special any special like a key or seed generation generation algorithm. Uh, so it would be just the same as using, uh, I don't know, the Monero GUI or, or, or CLI on, a, on an offline computer. The thing is when you plug it back on again, and, right, and there, right. are, there, are, there are already protocols to, I mean, if you want to generate like a, like a seed offline, there are already protocols when you can add some randomness by your own, like... <laughs> like no, uh, for more advanced users, right? If you want it doesn't to- mean when you, you have to use it afterwards. Right, right. I'm saying as, as a simple, you, you guys, you guys definitely, you guys, uh, you don't put your noob hat on, right? Um, like, so I'm talking about for, for the noobs, right? They've, they only use Cake Wallet. They only use Monero They don't touch the client. They don't really, there there are a lot of people like that, that exist, <laughs> right? That don't really don't get, get beyond the app. So for them, a way for them to just generate a fresh Monero seed, Monero wallet that they then write down there. They write down the, they write down the seed. They have the, the address to send funds to, and then they delete the wallet. They delete the wallet. So it's no longer on the app. 
and then they can load it and they can send they could send Monero to it and it becomes their their offline cold storage. The the truth uh, is okay. what, what yeah, they body do anything. They didn't have to like you know uh, run the client. They didn't have so, to generate the so, on computer on you know. In Monerujo, I just took my phone and threw it into airplane mode and opened Monerujo, clicked add, clicked create wallet, and then did the little steps or whatever, and it's giving me a seed. And okay. I can say that uh, I have noted down the seed, and it's giving me the seed that's completely offline. I have airplane mode enabled right now, so there's no internet connection at all. Yeah, and well, it is still giving me a seed to write down. There's something I, I think it's important to point out, especially for noobs that they don't realize. It's not your phone so much. It's not your laptop or the operating system. It's usually all of the extra crap that you install, all of the games that you play, and all the different apps that you try and you know play with, and then you delete it's one of those things that's going to have the attack vector into your phone yeah. that's going to compromise yeah. your speed. So what you really, really need to do um, is kind of so, like what Doug is saying, find a way to securely generate that seed. If you're just using your regular Android phone and you install Cake Wallet, but you have all this other crapware installed, you're still putting yourself at risk. There's still the potential that that could happen. Again, Graphene OS, you know, got to keep plugging that. But even on your Graphene OS, you can still pwn yourself there if you're installing a bunch of crapware. So really what you'd want to do, like from a new perspective, generate a new profile. Like there's, it's really simple. You go into the settings, generate a new profile, log into that profile, and then generate your seed on that profile. And you're going you're gonna to mitigate a lot of potential attack vectors there. So generate the seed, write it down, then delete that profile. And that, that's like one way that you could, in a slightly more secure fashion, generate your seed. And or if you have an old phone, wipe that thing, factory reset it, right, so that it's completely clean. Just any old phone, doesn't matter. Factory reset it, install just the one application, Cake Wallet or Mona Rougeau, generate your seed that way, and then delete that wallet. Like that's yes. going to be far yes. more secure than than probably most other ways that you might try that, to do. That's exactly what I'm getting at, buddy. And I, I think um, that's, you know, just and for to, the, and there, to that's like, the phone. That's a simple thing that somebody, that really anybody can do that's really people that really just rely on phones, right? That aren't dabbling with the yeah. And to keep the, phone, to keep the phone offline, just simply pull the APK uh, from an internet-connected device onto the phone using a flash drive. Yeah, that way it never touches the internet at all. And also, this is for Androids. So, so many people are flaming iPhones, but their system is so logged, uh, logged down that even if you were maybe trying to install some app that that would have a virus on Android. If you had an iPhone, it probably wouldn't be able to get your seed saved on the iPhone because it's so locked down. That's not not even you, not even the application is able to get it. Yeah, that, yes, that's but then you're threatened. Apple then is secure against is everything yeah. except for Apple. <laughs> yeah, of course. All right, guys. I think we've kind of thoroughly covered this topic as as big as it is. Um for now, right? I mean, we, we don't know what happened. Nobody knows what happened with the hack. Um, but, you know, the, the the way the CCS was being run was certainly not ideal, and that's been revealed. Uh, we know that things need to be changed. Like I said, there's there's other means and methods that can be used to raise funds, but it would nice be nice to see CCS come up with a new version themselves for all the reasons we're talking about, for the things Andres is saying. Um, and yeah, that that's really it, right? Um now we have to see see what happens next. I don't know if anybody has any final comments, things they want to throw out there. I I had uh, tried to get to a certain a certain place with this at the beginning, but uh, you know, 
a lot of people just look at the side of okay you collect money you donate money you encourage projects but um the like if you really want to look at the heavy hitters that are making like huge huge changes you really want to look at the bad guys right now right so a lot of these bad guys that are having huge impacts on the world today they use things like the gates foundation or what where they build an ever increasing size of income producing asset right farmland that they're leasing or you know things that you can guarantee are producing actual revenue every year highly diversified all over the world right and then it's the income of those businesses that they're using to make their donation right the idea of having a big pool of capital in the form of monero and then just sitting on it until projects are finished is like, I mean, from the perspective of, oh, it's great, it's Monero. Well, the thing is, is use the use that Monero to start income producing businesses that are like a safe bet and then use the, the resulting margins from the business to make your contributions to the open source software community, especially Monero, right? And the thing is, is instead of waiting for Douglas Tuman to have accomplished X amount of content creation or whatever, the CCS should have been like, oh, he's got a coffee business. Here's everything you're hoping for. Use the proceeds from that coffee business to fund your Monero operation. Like that is the correct way to do this. And anybody who's in high finance would have been thinking that from the minute they realized there was a couple thousand dollars in that in in the ccs wallet like why just sit on capital when what you should be doing is generating revenue with the capital it also takes the fluctuations out of you know crypto volatility not that monero isn't effectively a stable coin's point but like the, the you can eliminate volatility you can peg it to the actual growth or you know reverse growth in the economy investing in actual businesses that make regular donations to the projects is so far better than the method of just like piling up monero trusting people to secure it no matter how good they are and that's why i'm saying like we have totally lost the forest through the trees here on one hand we've got a bunch of people saying we need to invest in the parallel economy. And then on the other side, we have, this is our CCS wallet that has a shitload of Monero just fucking sitting there not making any gains on anything. It's like, what the fuck are we doing here? Like, yeah, yeah. but how, how does that work for like the developers, for example? Some some dev, you know, whatever, Co is developing, Seraphis. Um, so you're saying those people should be paid out up front and not, so, not to complete their... Uh, their tasks go ahead if somebody else had something to chime in okay, on go yeah, ahead. But i'm actually already yeah. doing this now so, i'd be happy to share it afterwards so i think uh alaskanon meant not the people that would get the css money uh should get it upfront, but rather the wallet that it's full of monero should be getting gains on something maybe locked down to three months or uh, not 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 lot again not locked down I think he's uh, saying the Monero shouldn't be sitting there waiting for yeah, them to complete the yeah. task. It should be paid yeah, out. Yeah, either that's paid out or getting gains on something like invested because, like that, it's it's just losing value there. And I, I understand that part of the concept. I'm just saying. Okay, so but, 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 this, is, this is what I do currently, just to give you an idea. I have like 
three businesses personally, and I work with several other businesses. And I have an expectation if they want me to work for it, right? That they are donating X percentage of the increase on their revenue. Since I started there, X percentage of the increase on their revenue has to be going towards open source software development project, okay? Or another thing is, is out of all of my businesses, I have a specific person that looks at how much profit that we have that isn't allocated for some further investment. And then she literally goes out and like 20, 40, $60 at a time starts donating to just dozens of open source software, right? But the thing is, is like the, the amount of money in total that that has become is way bigger than it would be if you do it any other way. You need to first focus on the core business models that are revenue generating business models. And you need to build into those models that they are supporting the development for stuff that ha- doesn't have funding on its own, right? And then it, it, and I'll, I'll tell you like over the 10 years that I think it's like 10 years now that we've been doing it this way. I mean, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars has been generated by doing it that way. And when we started Get Graphene OS, right, which we put it on hold because sourcing, sourcing like viable phones has become such an issue that like any that I find are already sold. There's no, there's not even a reason to have a website or anything because I mean, the demand is so gigantic at this point. Well, we take 20% of all of the money that is generated as profit in that and donate it directly to graphing. And then we take another 20% and donate it directly toward like three core apps that have promising, you know, five-year plans, right? Like the Oxen Project and Session, right? Or But like the entire business exists for the purpose of funding open source software. And so you have something that makes its own money. It is its own entity, right? And we just took a whole bunch of capital, invested it. And I mean, with the Get Graphene, right? I just took a whole bunch of money, bought a shitload of phones, threw Graphene OS on them. And it's like, hey, if you buy this because you're you're a noob and you don't know that you can set up a phone properly, or like one out of 10 phones ends up not being viable or whatever, right? You can take the guesswork out of it, pay us a premium, We'll mail it to you. And then all of the all of the profit that was generated from that is going to fund further development for graphing, right? The 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 idea that you had enough capital in the CCS proposal to start an income generating business and it was just sitting there, right? Over five years, you could have increased the total pool by this massive amount and still been paying people out. You know what I'm saying? Like you still could have absolutely been paying people out the whole time, but you could have taken a huge chunk of the capital and turned it into an actual income producing business. Now, one of the reasons why I like that model so much is this. If you have an LLC charter or a corporate charter, you are legally bound to that charter. So if you say X percentage of all profit goes towards funding free and open source software that meets these requirements. And then X percentage of all the profit goes to growing the business model, right? They are legally bound and you can audit it. And not only that, but if it's not a profitable business, you can swap out people for people who generate more money, right? Like, but just nowhere else in the world do you just leave a big fucking pile of capital 
just sitting there not making money. So it the CCS could have so the CCS could have invested in something like gratuitous if Doug agreed yes. to give one percent of the profits from gratuitous back to the CCS uh, each time he got it or whatever. Well, yeah, I mean, I- if if you have a big chunk of capital, you know, you would look at you know the profitability of such a business model. But the ultimate goal would be to diversify or just buy a couple of shares of stuff that's super fucking stable, like General Mills or something, you know? I, I, In theory, I really like your approach, and I think you're right, because it doesn't make sense to just have capital laying around. But I, I think it adds a lot of complexity to the social aspects of the community, because to unless you end up on a Luigi situation again, it's just one guy decides what to invest on in and we all trust the guy. If you don't do that, you end up creating like the Monero Foundation, which is something that sounds awful to a lot of people in the Monero community with a, with a, a board and with a few or a, or a lot of members, if possible, that decides basically like Norway, you know, is that like, okay? We have we found money. Let's let's buy shares and let's invest on everything else. So it gives us revenue, and with that revenue, we are going to pay uh, in a sustainable way the development of Monero. Uh, I don't think it's a bad idea, but the devil is in the details because the way that you structure such a thing, and then the way that you decide who who gets to decide what to invest or what not to invest, it's it's a Fucking huge problem in in Monero. crypto land. In Monero crypto land, used to buy U.S. government bonds. <laughs> yes, it's so it's so weird. You end up with a DAO, uh, or with okay, how do we vote? Or I mean, I'm not saying that it's not worth pursuing that idea, but I I, I can imagine a lot a lot of problems uh, from from that fact. How to decide who, who what to do? How how to decide? Who, who who takes part? Who takes part of the whole thing? It's very very tricky. We have mobbed the Zcash uh, the Zcash Foundation not only by, for the debt tax but also for centralizing stuff in institutions. Uh, we are taking pride of we don't having like a Monero Foundation so to speak to foster the development of Monero. I know it's like, eh, it's a great area because we have the core team and we have whales and we have, it's not so, so, so decentralized or so, so pretty when you dig into it, but eh, it, it takes a lot of work to set up something like that. The way that the monetary system is structured kind of puts us in a weird position um, when it comes to the decision whether to invest assets into a real business um, or to just like <clears throat> just to let your assets sit there. The problem is that everything has been hyper financialized, hyper monetized. And so, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. Um, so you get, you get into the situation where just holding assets can make you rich as fuck, right? Like you could put a hundred thousand dollars into something that just goes up a lot. And even though it might not serve any real economic purpose, you can become a millionaire on, on the basis of that alone. Whereas like actually starting a business, putting money into a business is a lot of work. And it, you know, it takes a lot of dedication and time to make that succeed. Um, as I'm sure Doug or Alaska can, can tell anyone, like it's, it's business is difficult. And so it's kind of like this weird perverse um, counter incentives that we're fighting against, even in cryptocurrency to have a circular economy, to invest money in, into real businesses. When we know that the hyper financialization of the economy causes these big cycles where your assets 
will really make you more money just sitting in some dumb shiny rock sometimes or some dumb shiny crypto uh, sometimes. Um, so I don't really have any solutions for that, but I, I, I feel like it's worth pointing out. Good point. Uh, one, one, one point. Um, I think if you don't change anything, yeah, the question should be, should be that 2,600 XMR in one wallet. Or if you have a bank account in the EU, you're insured till 100,000 euros. So if you have more there and something happens, you're fucked. You get only 100,000 euros. So the question should be, in the first place, should there be multiple wallets if there is not something like multisig or the system like Alaskanon proposed? Just to think about, it's like for for everyone, for every noob, or uh, if you you should have multiple wallets, maybe saved in different locations and not put everything in one wallet. At least the amount what you okay to lose and unfortunately the 2600 xmr is a big amount which the community don't like to lose so how we're doing this right now um and then how we're trying to set it up so right now because all of the businesses that i'm are my own or friends of mine right we just have one person that we have doing all of this but we set it up this way with the goal of you have three uh like cooperative cooperating foundations so one is people who have at least a certain amount of documentable like like git repository maintenance of some kind or what um that have a documentable history of working in open source software for at least x number of years and you start with three you go up to five and then eventually seven so there's never ties right and those people are allocating funds directly to people who are working on open source software. Then you have one person who's running a foundation that has no way of a different foundation, right? That has no way of financially benefiting from the donations, right? Um, the person that we're using right now, I mean, she's fully disabled. She's completely outside of the system. She has absolutely no incentive to do anything different other than be this the qualified doler out of finances and then the third group of people you have just uh you know some kind of philosophical machinery behind them the monist right and so one example that i had come up with is you just find like five small group church gatherings right and you put them all together and you say there's funds coming in and at the end of every one of your meetings make sure that they get distributed somehow or wait until the next meeting. But you don't do it all in one place, you do it in three. But then as far as the business investment side of things goes, I can give you an example, like Friday of next week and then Saturday and Sunday, and you might not even see because I'll be doing this, but um, I'm going to a massive agriculture conference in the area. And, I mean, massive by Alaska standards, like barely. Um, and one of the things that we're trying to do is, okay, well, we would like to acquire a sizable amount of agriculturally viable farmland, right? And we'd like to put it right next to somebody who already has the capital and the equipment and everything to, you know, to like work this farmland. And we have two offers, which is we'll pay them outright actual money. And then we'll pay for our own seating and all of that other stuff for him to just work. And then when the price of hay or, you know, grain or whatever we're growing out there goes up, we'll sell into the market to stabilize. And when it goes down, we'll hoard, right? And so in other words, we will work directly with this farmer 
to stabilize the price of grain. And then the second side of things is we're going to take available capital and we're going to do basically grain vaulting, right? Which is there's no financial incentive for a farmer to store grain for the next year, but the public has every incentive to store grain for the next, right? And so my point is, is there's like a million ways that you can take any kind of class of capital and you can put it into real stuff and you can diversify the crap out of it. And then you can turn it into slowly leaching out investable capital, right? And the fact that we're not doing that, and it doesn't have to be one person. It doesn't have to be like, oh, well, the CCS is now governed by this guy, but he buys grain. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying it's it's incumbent upon ourselves. In fact, to this day, any military literature you look into, the most powerful weapon ever conceived of and for all of the future is the squad-sized element, right? That's why Derek Bros and, you know, the Freedom Cell, they tell you you're looking for about eight people. It's the magic number. It always has been, right? And those eight people need to take their their, their available finances for the purposes of investing or whatever. They come together and they need to use it to create income-producing assets. And then several groups of eight people who like where that's going need to bring their income producing assets together and create circular economies for the purposes of investing in the development of stuff, right? And the thing is, is I know this works because I've been doing it for years, right? Like a bunch of people who have been on this show have benefited financially from what I just described, okay? Like, they, they don't know how I get the money. They don't know where it comes from and they don't fucking have to. It's not the problem, right? Doug says, hey, I got this cool Noto product. And I'm like, dude, I'm all in, you know? Or like, I mean, you, you know what I'm talking about? Like there's, there is ways where you can take revenue and turn it into an income producing asset and you can have it distributed amongst a group of trusted people on a smaller scale. And then you just have to connect like, you know, like the freedom cell move is talking. You just have to connect different groups, different small groups of people with their 10,000 a year or whatever. And then they all collaborate to say, hey, you know, 3% of our $10,000 a piece, all of us need to make a point to be donating to this particular open source software project. And we need to make sure that we're seeing these milestones. And as long as they're getting, because whether or not they have the money now, they can count on having the money as a group over time, right? You don't have to have the money sitting in an account to know it will be there. Because as you guys have probably noticed, that money isn't there anymore, right? So having it sitting there didn't do a damn thing. But if it was already in income producing assets, we know that the money would come again. I've invested into a bunch of projects that went nowhere. But the thing is, is, you know, the 20% that they succeed, the 30% that succeed, they're totally worth like gambling on all of these different places, right? And so that's why you want to have dividend assets or income producing assets or whatever. And you can, it, it, like Body does at the beginning of every single show, he shows you, like you can average out expecting these kinds of gains. Like there's this chance that this will go up, this chance that this will go down. But if you're diversifying enough, you mean you can pretty much bank on coming out ahead every single week, right? Why take a big chunk of money and leave it sitting there when all you have to do is go outside, talk to your neighbors and be like, hey, 
what do you guys think about pitching in a hundred bucks a month to support, you know, the graphene OS development or what? And by the way, I've done it, right? It's just knock onto a random neighbor. Hey, can I come over here and collect 20 bucks from you every week so I can give it to these people over here? I'll prove that I did it. You know, like usually they're just like, oh my God, this scary guy looks like he's armed to the teeth, wants my money. Just don't threaten him and you'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> all right all right all right um any any other thoughts people want to leave at i do you know i, I hear what you're saying alaska anon but i do see there being some some version of the current ccs that already exists uh be working and being viable with multi-sig particularly for development-based projects where people have a proposal, something they want to work on, and then they reliably get paid out once it's determined that they completed the task. Granted, the money may have to sit there and it's not being invested in gold or McDonald's or Coca-Cola at the time. But I, I do I do, you know, see there being a use case for that, particularly with multisig. And I think multisig can really solve the the problem that was exposed here. But, but I, I totally get what you're saying as, as just in general, another way of thinking about all this, uh, putting money to use and then having projects kick back into uh, donating to the protocol itself uh, by giving a percentage of their earnings back into, into the project, which I think is a, is a big idea to think about. All right. I think we will leave it there, guys. Um, we do these shows every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern. Curious to see what happens between now and next week. I'm sure there'll be some more drama for better or worse. Thank you, everybody, for joining. Thanks, everybody that jumped on. Anybody's welcome to jump on any week, please do. Uh, especially if you want to come up and talk about a particular Monero project you're working on, you can be our special guest. Andres, we'll see you. We'll see you in person, man. We'll see you soon, right? I think so. In a yeah. couple of days. Well, we'll see you at La BitConf. Very excited for that. As Sunita said at the beginning, we are going to try to do like a small Monero meetup. We're thinking like brunch on Sunday, 11 a.m. Yep. near the conference area for any Monero, Monero people that are hanging out. Maybe we get like 10 of us together, hang out, and have some coffee. We will be over, over there. It's uh, the main conference. Uh, you have many side events, but the main conference is on Friday and Saturday, I think. So... Either me or Doug or Sunita, at least. And I know a couple of, of, of guys as well that may be over there, uh, Monero-related guys. So we will be there. Please reach out, contact us, either for by Twitter or whatever, if you don't know us in person. And it will be very, very nice to meet you in the flesh. And the next day, on Sunday, I suppose it is the last day of the conference, just as Doug said, maybe a meetup in the what was that, in the end lunch or yeah we're thinking brunch like around eleven lunch. Uh, I think Vive Cafe is our top choice right now, but we'll tweet we'll tweet it out and everybody just meet over there. Good, be there. All right, all right, guys. Everybody, uh, thanks again. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good weekend. Cheers. Thank you for joining us on this week's Monerotopia episode. We stream live shows every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern. You can find and subscribe to our show on YouTube and Odyssey or listen to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter or join us in the Monerotopia Telegram group. See you all next week.